0: will travel reap the card of a man Your cast. I'm your host Kieran B. I completed my goal of watching every Oscar Best Picture winner ever. Decided to start a podcast to review each one. Each episode, myself and revolving co-hosts will discuss, assess, and evaluate a different Best Picture winner with the goal to establish a ranking for the entire list. This is not, however, what we're doing here today. Today we have a special bonus episode and. We're here to say Happy Thanksgiving, as it is Thanksgiving 2021. And this is our now annual Thanksgiving bonus episode, where we talk about one for the boys, basically. It's one uh, <laughs> one, that, one that we pick out ourselves here. And last year, we did Shawshank Redemption. my You know, it's my favorite movie of all time. And on my favorite holiday, I said, you know what, I'm doing one for myself here. And yeah. we decided to stick with the, with the Stephen King theme, Thanks, Thanksgiving King. And uh, it's going to be Stand By Me here today. And I have to talk about Stand By Me the two gentlemen who joined me last Thanksgiving to talk about Shawshank Redemption. And uh, we'll start first with Joey R. Joey, how are you doing here today?
1: Great. Excited to talk about
0: Stephen King some more. That's it. You're on a nice little roll with these bonus episodes. We've had a few coming out. We've got another one coming after this. It's a beautiful thing. Very excited.
1: This one we get to talk about dead bodies again.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's right. And we are uh, welcoming back Chris G. Chris, how are you doing today?
2: Very good. Excited to be back this year. And uh, I guess next year we have to do Misery to finish our three our Family Guy's <laughs> Three right. Kings uh, series.
0: That's right. We got to figure out what, what we're going to do there. If that doesn't maybe that, that doesn't win the horror fest along right.
2: the way. Well, it I was our, I already that was already one of my picks. So yeah. I, I, yeah, We have, if it's if we don't use it for next year, it's never going to happen.
0: So. That's right. So, and I think the last time you were on Chris, we were doing a bonus episode too, and that was the Back to the Future episode.
2: Yeah,
0: we had a lot of fun. Major, a lot of fun. Major, with
1: major that problems, week. Joey. I don't remember, <laughs> major problems. I still disagree strongly. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we'll see if our nitpick section here for Stand By Me gets as dicey as that, in fact, the future episode was.
1: So, like, we'll be on the same page as this one. This is a
0: Stephen King novella from his Different Seasons book. It's one that's, I mean, I think for a lot of people is is, is one they grew up with and was on TV all the time. I'll I'll start with you, Chris. What is your what is your long standing history here with Stand by Me?
2: Yeah, I mean, it came out in '86. I'm I'm a kid, so uh, you know, six years old, I guess. I just always remember this being in my life. It's something I definitely grew up with, watched a million times. Every time it's on TV, you know, it, and it was on a lot growing up. I guess for you guys too, right? It was just always this one's definitely like a warm blanket. You know, you mm. watch, You know, the minute you turn around, you're like, ah, this is yeah, great. You know, a like,
0: comfort feeling. Yeah, for sure.
2: Joe, how about you?
1: So, yeah, I remember being on all the time, but I don't think I saw it from start to finish all in, like, one till I was a little bit older in, like, high school. I remember it always being there. I saw all the pieces together, but I definitely never sat and watched the whole thing. I mean, I can't even tell you the amount of times I've seen it since. It's just such a, you know, such a great movie. But, yeah, it's something I, you know, be on TV, I would catch, wherever it was, I watched it. But for the full watch, I definitely missed some early stuff. You know, like the penny joke at the end and crap. Like, right. I don't know that I put that together until later, just because I missed that in the beginning in my like disjointed watchings.
0: For me, this is kind of one of those like you guys say it's on all the time, and you've seen scenes from it, but it was a little bit of like a it, it was tough to like admit that I had never really seen it front to huh. end until uh about two years ago. I read the the different seasons novella because I, I well I'd never read the the Shawshank oh, Redemption right. story. I wanted to to, to kind of go through the whole book and I read Sam on me and then rented it and watched it. And Uh, I mean, the pie eating scene was what I a hundred (laughs) percent remembered as a kid. Like that's like, as a kid, you're, you're sucked into that. But in going through it, I kind of was like, you know, I definitely never seen this movie front to end. And I uh, was talking to someone who listens to our Halloween uh, podcast episode that that the three of us were on recorded a, a year ago. And they recently listened to it this, this year for October. He, watched halloween before it and he said to himself he goes this it's it's this is a kind of movie where it's tough for you to admit to yourself that you haven't really seen it right and and that's kind of how stand by me was for me two years ago when uh when i revisited so it's it is a lot of fun and i think since then i've probably seen it because now it's like one of those now i'll keep it on if, I, right. if it, if it comes yeah,
2: it is a perfect movie for cable tv it because by nature it's kind of wholesome even in the dark parts because it's when it takes place and the language they're using, yeah, there's some cursing and, and whatnot. But it's like but it's nostalgic a, cursing. It's, yeah, it's a really easy movie you can throw on TNT or, or one of those channel AMC or whatever, mm-hmm. and you know you can play it fifty times a year and 100%. people will watch it. And it fits. Ta- it's it's not a summer movie. It's not
1: a win. It's whenever you want to watch it. Yeah, it's kind of a summer movie to, for me. Is it a little bit? Okay. Yeah. So I feel.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. So it's in the in the book, different seasons by Stephen King. E- each. Story is associated with a season and right. this one is actually associated with fall in the book believe it or not But they're going
1: back to school. Uh, yeah, it's a September. Right. It's a September
0: story So it's um, it's a fall from innocence is what they have. It's called the body in the book Right. Body. The Shawshank Redemption Rita Hayworth and the Shawshank Redemption is hope springs eternal apt pupil is summer of corruption the body is fall from innocence, and then the breathing method is a winter's tale. Interesting. So they kind of all each take place in different parts of the year, okay. and yeah, there is a lot of that returning to school. It's the end of summer type of deal.
2: However, where where it's shot and and what it looks like, I mean, it doesn't look like it's not, it doesn't look like a New England fall. You know, it looks mm. like it looks like a summer.
0: Yeah, to me. Yeah, you know? and in one of the things in the in the the novella is is there it. The boys are doing it in sweltering heat, so it's right. not like it's not fall right. weather in the yeah. in the book either. Right. So they kind of just plucked that out of the of the story just to make things life a little easier. But <laughs>
1: they also moved across country, so
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it's in Oregon. filmed and takes place in Oregon, Castle Rock, Oregon, right. right? And instead of Castle Rock, Maine, which of course is a Stephen King fan. Of noise if it
2: had it. been filmed in Maine, it might have that that fall feel. Mm. But it just doesn't have it to me because it's not filmed
0: there. Well,
1: the leaves, everything's green. It's very right, and
2: and it looks hot. I mean, yeah. And and
0: listen, the first week of September is really still summer. summer. Yeah, yeah. So they're, I mean, they're at the end of summer, headed back to school.
1: They get back what the Sunday of Labor Day, right? Yeah,
0: yeah. So um, it is is very much, even though it's you know a fall from innocence is kind of very much a summer tale. I would say that a, a, a warm blanket is a way to. To describe this movie though it is super easy to watch it's it's paced with a rocket on its I mean, back
1: it's amazing a clean
0: 90 minutes <laughs> clean we'll go through kind of some of the accolades that it was up for and whatnot but i i do think that you know here we are talking about another 80s movie a movie that was just very underappreciated in its time and and i think looking back it's just so much more important than a lot of the crappy movies that they choose to honor in some of these 80s years
1: 100 i mean just everything about it there's so much to like and to discuss and it's just so enjoyable like you leave feeling good when i watched it the other night i went after it was done i felt awesome and i went to then watch some terrible b movie and like 20 minutes in i was like this isn't how you follow up stand by me i was like this isn't right i was like i need something good <laughs>
0: <laughs> and i got to say too the cast is really a bit of a time capsule too oh, yeah. and, and you you see the four of them you know whether it's Cherry O'Connell as a kid, or whether it's River Phoenix and you know his his tragic tale afterwards, and Corey Feldman. Corey Feldman. I mean, who's just his presence in these is just so eighties, and just it it, it just it works. He just perfect. oozes
2: eighties. I there. mean, he, his his pretty amazing run is. He, this is right in the middle of his huge run. run. He was is I guess is a great actor. His personal life has has really overtaken our perception of him at this point. Hundred percent. But I mean, he he could he should have been. His career should have lasted way longer. and he. But he's just not taken seriously now because he's kind of a... Well, wack, a joke now. Kind of wacky in yeah. real life, right. you know? but
1: I forgot. Like, I've seen... Somewhat recently watched Lost Boys. I was like, ah, oh, he's so good in this. Then I watched this. I was like, ah, oh, he's so good. Like, yeah. what the hell? Then, you know, everything the Goonies. I mean, I've mean, never but, seen he, Goonies. But... Oh, <laughs> John, come on. But, like, I, I read his book and, like, super talented and said how just left and it's gone that he's now, you know...
0: We do know, too, though, that the the success rate of these child actors is never very yeah, good. Yeah, it doesn't generally
2: know? go well. Yeah, no, I mean,
0: there, sure. you do have your Leos of the bunch, and I think what River Phoenix probably would have been. Yeah,
2: well, that's what they, they that was, that, I think that was part of the pressure. And I think he had a rough oh, yeah. childhood, but also the pressure of being the next big thing. I think mm-hmm. that's what everybody expected of him. You know? He was yeah. the guy. That I mean, of be the did guy be have been.
0: He did end up getting the getting an Oscar nomination, at least, before he passed. So he was he was clearly on the precipice of, of breaking, yeah. fr- breaking through. But one thing, too, that I just, I look at these, we've kind of discussed it a little bit here, is these nostalgic pieces in, in the 80s going back to the 50s and the love that people had in the 80s and the late 70s of the 50s, it, whether it's, we, we talked about, the two of us together, we talked about Back to the Future, yep. we have here in Stand By Me, a movie that we'll be talking about eventually is It. Is right, another yeah. kind of 80s throwback to the 50s. Yeah. And if you look at it compared to today, so if we're going back the same time jump, it would take us to the 90s. Which is crazy. And if, yeah, and you see today how many people are just, just – I mean, closer to the 90s or back. Like, oh, they like just a gush I mean, over the 90s. I'm,
2: not, I'm nostalgic for the 90s. Yeah. I, mean, I think you. we all probably – Of course. Yeah. I mean, uh, I'm drinking a beer with gushers in it. However, <laughs> I'll, <laughs> I'll say this. This movie does a good job, and a lot of these the movies you mentioned do, do a good job of making you nostalgic for a time that you weren't actually alive for. And this one mm. does it, re- like, probably the best of a movie I can even I think, think of, of. Where, like, I wasn't born in the 50s, but wow, I really, like, wish I had been, in, in a way, you know? Yeah,
1: I definitely get it. Like, the cars. Like, I don't care about cars, but like, I'm like, oh, I want to drive those cars. Like, I
2: just every bit of it, it seems interesting. I think people look at the 50s and, like, maybe the, some of the 60s, too, and they think that that's the peak of the american experiment like that's mm-hmm. where 100%. that's where things were the, the best not the best for a lot of groups of people but right. you know for a certain group of people that was the uh suburban
0: the, uh, america yeah the know. peak
2: mm-hmm. of suburban america yeah you know and uh, i think that's what they're they're missing that's what that's people what are pining for, for. Yeah.
0: yeah yeah american graffiti would be another example too or even just happy days you know <laughs> or just doing that yeah. doing that leap the people just loved yeah. You know, and, American Feeties is, is mid seventies, but and then what Happy Days runs in seventies, I think, right? Is it run in the seventies? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, which is 70s. funny because you think it like you almost think it came it out, out, out in the fifties, yeah. yeah, it did not. <laughs> then, you, then
1: you think about all like the TGIF sitcoms in like the eighties and the nineties. The music was from the fifties, yeah. like yeah. They, they all play back. Although, to that, I mean, so the, much. the Wonder Years, right? It's right. yeah. sixties. one, yeah. yeah. Like,
0: Joey, you kind of mentioned there briefly what you're drinking, so let's talk about it here. What did you? Uh, what did you bring to the occasion?
1: So it's Ship Bottom. It's a it's a brewery in Long Beach Island, New Jersey. It's the Ecto Cooler. You know, talk about nostalgia. It's based off Ecto Cooler, as we've all drank as kids. It has Slimer on the can. Yeah, yeah Slimer's well. literally on the can. Surfing, and he's surfing out of the Proton Pack. Oh, there we go.
0: Um, right. It's
1: a it's a hazy IPA um, with flavors and aromas of juicy ripened oranges, and there's gushers in it. And I mean, it's, oh, it's green. It it's is very green. Very green. It looks absolutely disgusting. I'll be honest <laughs> with you. <laughs> but I'm sure it tastes it's great. delicious. It's very it's 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 very more orangey than I expected, which is nice. So it's good, but um, hmm. you know, it really fits into the nostalgia conversation. It's like I was planned it out.
0: I love it. I love it. So Chris, what do you would you grab today?
2: I have to stay true to the uh the BBC brand and uh I got I got a, some I got myself some Montauk um Cold Day IPA. I didn't go with a the movie theme. I went with staying true to our brand.
0: I like it. What? I like a good choice. And I went a little kind of thematic here with this. It's uh, from the, uh, the Westbrook Brewing Company, which is located in South Carolina. And I went with the, in, in honor of our, our dear friend Lardess, it's the Blackberry Blueberry Smash. It's a sour ale brewed with natural flavors. So a little bit of a little bit of blueberry pie colored uh, colored feel there. Lord <laughs> it makes
2: me it makes me wish I had tums on me right now. <laughs> yes. It looks like a, it looks like heartburn waiting
0: to happen. But. That's right. And the tragic uh, the tragic story of of Henry Brower too we went blueberry picking too. So exactly. there's a lot of a lot of blueberry vibes in Stand By Me. So I thought a blueberry sour nostalgic was, fruit. Yes, that's there you go. That's what. That's what we're doing here today. Okay, so do we have anything to talk about or discuss here before we do the dive, or should we just top right in? I think mm-hmm. let's get in there. Get in the time machine, headed back to the 80s, headed back to the 50s. Yeah, double time machine. And the year is 1986, where Stand By Me came out, and the WWF champion was the immortal Hulk Hogan, who was in the third year of a four-year title reign. He defeated King Kong Bundy at WrestleMania 2 by successfully escaping the steel cage, brother. 1986 Stanley Cup Finals. Chris, this is the moment you've been waiting for, my friend. Yes. Who were the Stanley Cup champions in 1986? I
2: believe it was the Montreal Canadiens. They
0: are your Montreal Canadiens. That's absolutely correct. And who was
2: the goalie that year, his rookie season?
0: He was the MVP of that finals, and he was Patrick Waugh.
2: my boy Patrick. Oh, okay. there you go. This the first season, the rookie season, really. Yeah,
0: and cool. d- he's got off to a na- a nice, nice start to his career. He got to get the right I way. I had a
2: Patrick Waugh Avalanche
1: jersey at some point for some reason, and it was awesome. Yep. I yeah. wish I wish I knew where
0: that was. There's your '90s nostalgia. There, that's a, there the go. Avalanche were definitely hot in the. In the 90s. But the, uh, the Montreal Canadiens defeated the Calgary Flames in five games to win their franchise's 23rd Stanley Cup championship. It was their 17th Stanley Cup win in their last 18 finals appearances dating back to 1956, if we want to do another 50s throwback. <laughs> so they were in eight, in the 18 finals that they were in in that time span, they won 17 that is no, a lot no, of big stuff. deal, guys. I don't wanna brag, you know, but uh like I was on
1: like I was on the team.
0: <laughs> that is I like uh, owning the
1: fandom like that. I appreciate that.
0: That is great. They currently hold more championships than any other team in the NHL. The Habs dropped game one and went on to win four straight games, culminating in Bobby Smith's game winning goal in game five. As we mentioned, the finals MVP was goalie Patrick Wah. World leaders, here we go. We're gonna stay away from Zimbabwe, yeah. I promise. It's...
1: I think we I don't think uh, Mr. Banana should be here. No, again.
0: we're gonna we are going we don't need to bring up Mr. Banana anymore. Are there any rapists on here? <clears throat> I I'm not I don't know. <laughs> You'll have to look that up later. Uh, the president of China was Li Zhanyan. Zhanyanin. Sure. X- you
1: I mean I think that's as right
0: yeah. as it's gonna get. J- yeah. Jianan. Jia? Mm. President of India was Jail Singh. There you go. Not bad, right? No, okay, pretty good. President of Italy is old friend Francisco Cossiga.
1: <laughs> you nailed that one. I mean, you got that one That's down, pretty good. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. he's come
0: up a few times here. Okay, we got it. We got a mouthful here. Oh, the <laughs> king of Saudi Arabia was King Faid bin Abdulaziz Al Saud, or Saud of Saudi Arabia. There you go. And the president of Egypt was Hosni Mubarak. Ah, I remember him. Yes, he's. I think he's. He's reared his head here before. Yeah,
2: yeah.
0: it's time to do guess those country lyrics here. I give you the song title for the country song of the year. You tell me what you think it was about. Okay, we have a kind of an odd one here today. Uh, there's not going to be much help here. It's like when you. Christ. It's like when you RSTLNE on on <laughs> Wheel of Fortune and you don't get any help. That's kind of what we have here today. <laughs> the title of the song is Bop. It is Bop. Performed by Dan Seals, written by Paul Davies and Jennifer Kimball. B O P Bop. Joe, would you like to go first here? Bop,
1: Bop is it's, a, it's it's by a guy you said. I was thinking about the name, but I didn't even, it's Dan Seals. was performed. Dan by. Seals Bop. I'm gonna go that it's about some sort of drinking game hmm. that they're playing. I usually go darker. I'm gonna try to not do that today with Stand By Me.
0: Thank you. Like we'll stay away from cane and banana we'll stay away yeah. From, uh, from Yeah, it's some country.
1: sort of drinking game. Um I was listening to Chattahoochee the other day. Great song. Great song. Yeah. And um, you know, just talking about like the pile of, the pyramid of beers. So that's where I'm yeah. going okay. with Bop that it's some sort of like drinking related activity.
0: Okay, interesting. All right, Chris,
2: Bop. I'm gonna go with a euphemism for sex.
0: Ooh. Okay. I
2: like it. Nice Interesting. Bop. Give a give somebody a nice bop, you know. Nice bop. Yeah.
0: Yeah, so this is, believe it or not, a '50s nostalgic song. It seems like it's oh. like uh, at the bop, um, or like at the. I was the thinking hop. that too.
2: I thought so that was too like just, like a dance, it's like a like dance, like, dance. Yeah, yeah I was and, th- that was my um, second choice. with that?
0: Yeah, so basically, it looks like he's him and his uh, his lover are, are going down memory lane in their '55 T Bird. And here it is. Put on your bobby socks, baby. Yeah. Roll up your bold blue jeans. There's a band playing down at the Armory. Knows what rock and roll really means. I want to ride in your 55 T-Bird. Drive through some old memories. I ain't after your body, baby. I just want you to dance with me. I want to bop with you, baby, all night long. I want to bop the night away. So, I so was, Chris is right. I was,
2: No, I was actually dead wrong. He, just, <laughs> he, does he doesn't not want her body at all. Like, no. I, is... I think it's euphemisms. <laughs> he says specifically I don't yeah. want your body no bop I think is, he's lying yeah, <laughs> I couldn't have been
1: more wrong actually <laughs> we are,
0: we are Chris p- I'm trying to stand up for you he's <laughs> yeah. like a PG bop
1: here but anyway cel-
0: celibates. <laughs> yes yes a celibate bop this is what i want to do baby okay stand by me it was directed by rob reiner it was adapted screenplay written by reynold gideon and bruce a evans based on a stephen king novella the body from the collection of novellas entitled different seasons music it was by old friend jack nietzsche do you remember jack nietzsche joe was Jack Nietzsche? wasn't Twins, right? We're going to be throwing him back all the way to oh. your very first episode, One yeah. Floor of Cuckoo's Nest. Oh, he didn't score at Cuckoo's Nest. I was
1: yes. just thinking Yakety Yak, and I went right to Twins.
0: <laughs> we do get a Yakety Yak in yeah. this one, too. Yeah. It so. us back to it. Yes. Uh, the cinematography was by Thomas Del Roof. Film editing by Robert Layton. Stand By Me is starring Will Wheaton, River Phoenix, Corey Feldman, Jerry O'Connell, Kiefer Sutherland, and Richard Dreyfuss. It was nominated for one Oscar, and that was for Best Adapted Screenplay, which it would lose to A Room with a View, which is an absolute disgrace. (laughs) Sorry, Zita Short, but um, (laughs) I do not agree with that award selection at all. It was nominated for... Two Golden Globes. Did get some Golden Globe representation there. Best Picture, Drama, and Best Director. Oh, okay. Also got a nomination at the DGAs. Best Director, Rob Reiner. And three nominees at the Independent Spirit Awards. Really? Which is interesting. I don't. You don't think of this as an independent movie.
1: But I guess Castle Rock was pretty much founded from this. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely was. So that makes sense.
0: Yeah, and that was... So at the Independent Spirit Awards... It was up for picture, director, and screenplay, and it lost all those to the movie that also won Best Picture that year, Platoon. Another movie you don't think of as an independent movie, but uh,
2: yeah, but we yeah. know it kind of has that,
0: yeah.
1: a bit. It was made, it was an independent made movie, yeah. yeah just it's so. it's just outkicked the independent co-
0: independent coverage. Yeah, other other interesting other movies that were up for Independent Spirit Awards that year, Hoosiers. What? And Blue Velvet that David Lynch Blue Velvet but, makes yeah, sense. But it's just like it's kind of a big year for the <laughs> independent huge yeah. Hoosiers yeah. is a great
2: one I
1: love that movie Yeah I've never seen Hoosiers Ah oh, it's a good one You you would enjoy My it My dad's like obsessed with it so I think that was me just being a pain in the ass
0: It's a great great dad's Well
1: one of the top sports movies
0: as well Yeah, yeah. I would totally agree Gene well, Hackman Yeah
1: well, that's movie. I've already like said to myself, before we do the sports movie draft eventually, I know I have to watch oh, that. Oh, oh we, yeah. Is that a thing?
0: Oh, uh, it's, it's kicked around ideas. Around oh, sure, it's been thrown around. Oh, baby. We're not going to be able to avoid it at some point. here. But.
1: Right. We're, we're eventually just going to work ourselves into that corner
0: <laughs> <laughs> and really see what our audience is. Stand By Me is on IMDb, rated at an 8.1, which is pretty pretty stellar. Awesome. That's good for number 217 on the IMDb rankings, it was an $8 million budget, grossed over $52 million worldwide. Yeah, so stand by me, gentlemen. One of, the, uh, one of the newer developments we have here at Best Picture Cast is our little spinoff with Grant and Joey, and that is Worst Picture Cast. And one of my favorite things that you guys do on Worst Picture Cast is that you kind of sum up the movie in a, in a two or three sentence. Or a one-line summary. Keep it tight. And yeah, and you did it. You you did it for twins mm-hmm. for us. And I asked you, Joey, to kind of hop in. And this is a little bit of a better movie than you're <laughs> used to doing this for. Which but I I'm, said
1: to you, I was like, oh, usually I'm so snarky with these because the movies are bad. This is a good movie.
0: Yeah, <laughs> so. and I encourage you to keep the snarkinesses. Well. And I did it. <laughs> <laughs> excellent, excellent. <laughs> so why don't you sum up? Stand by me, force yeah. show.
1: So, the movie I watched after this, well, started to watch after this, was Surf Nazis Must Die, which is the next uh, worst picture cast coming. Yes. So, I had to, those movies do not belong in the same evening and watch cycle. Um, (laughs) Great movie. It's wild. And, you know, Grant and I will be talking about that very soon. So, be on the lookout. All right. But, for Stand By Me... Trauma bonding and a thirst for positive reinforcement from adults leads to a group of friends going on an adventure through abuse and neglect to find a dead body of a boy their age without knowing that the murderous leader of
0: an older kid gang is hot on their tails. (laughs) Yes, I love it. Well done. And uh, that murderous gang there, led by Jack Bauer himself, Kiefer Sutherland.
1: Fantastic. I am blown away by how good he is every time i watch this movie it gets me
0: he really is just so menacing and so tight and and just yeah he's just he's in his own movie he just doesn't doesn't he's just
2: oh, oh he's the he's the all star of the cobras the rest of them <laughs> i'll be honest with you they, they they got some growing up to do they, yeah. they, you know it's not a great gang like he's no. literally just oh. picking off the followers but that
1: chicken scene the look on his face yeah. is all time
0: yeah i was waiting for uh, for tony soprano and Christopher Maltasanti to go, ooh, the Vipers, the Cobras, the Cobras, <laughs> ooh. The Vipers.
2: Uh, uh, yeah, but he's definitely, like, the that gang is really not much of a gang without without him. And he, dude, Kiefer made an early part of his career, I mean, made his name on being a badass, kind of scary, like Lost Boys, kind of yeah, the same 100%, thing, you know, that's like, what you yeah. say, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. So uh, I think he's
2: fantastic
1: in this, and he's... Great hair, too. Great, great hair. Ugh. Good with, hair. With the toothpick, just everything about That's him, cool. like every move of his is menacing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. And 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 he's a pretty solidly developed character too, and, and you kinda need that in a in a movie where you are just going to have your heels swoop in at the at the <laughs> end and have that final confrontation. Right. Yeah,
2: you don't know like how, how he got to how he is, and you don't really need to know. You just know that he's he's a bad guy now. Like
0: Yeah. But, yeah.
2: You know, you see it with the baseball cap. And
1: I think that's yeah. such a good point because he takes the cap. He doesn't take it because he wants it. He takes it because fuck you, you
2: can't have it. Yeah, that was a, no, that was a choice, uh, uh, Rob Reiner. Yeah. He didn't under, he, he, his first instinct was to, as an actor was to just put on the cap. Right. And he's like, no, no. Rob Reiner was like, no, you didn't steal it because you wanted it. Right. You stole it because you didn't want him to have it. Because
0: you could. Yeah, yeah. Cause yeah, you could.
2: And yeah. that's
1: what makes that character so good. And we. that's yeah. how we meet him, just, just being a dick to be a dick.
0: Yeah. Now, does does the community let this just unfold right in front of their eyes? It's like, clearly a troubled community. Well, so there's there's some interesting things that Stephen King was doing here with this, with this story. And I think he gets a little more fleshed out a little later on when he writes It. But one of the kind of the main themes of this story, and you see it throughout the movie, and Joey, you, you kind of brought that up in your little short summary there a little bit, is adults neglecting mm-hmm. the youth. Right. And that when you when you grow up, you lose a little something, and the town of Derry and it is, is very much the same way as they all look the other way while the clown terrorizes the town. Right. and this is this was written before it, and it was written as a short story where I think with it he kind of then really revisited out. the going back to the '50s and, and all that, and it's very derivative. and you also get another greaser heel in that too. but um, yeah, it is definitely a major theme, whether you see it through Gordy's dad who yeah. can't deal with the death of his other son, so therefore he just neglects.
2: Yeah, a big theme is is adults letting kids down. Yes. Yes. That yeah. that's that's a major part mm-hmm. of the of the story. And I, obviously so. I I think it comes from Stephen King's uh actual Experiences, whatever right. the research. It seems like yeah. that was a that was a thing in his upbringing,
1: and he does a good job of doing it. Like everybody has their own. It's not just oh, this is a town of drunks in the you know in steel Mill, you know the steel's plant shut down. Everybody's parents are drunk at the bar, and you're all you no know, Gordy's parents. It's you know the parents we see. It's grief over a loss of son, but already favoring the athletic son with. Chris, it's just, you know, abused, physically abusive, distant father, you know, all the kids.
2: Also, the community, assuming he's bad because of his family. Exactly. Uh, I've all. The the one, his one teacher literally basically, he steals, he gives it back and they steal. And again, letting him, letting him down, like not being honest, not being reliable.
0: Yeah, Teddy with the ear, that's flat out physical abuse. And we see,
1: but even that, you know, when he keeps going, my dad was at Normandy. So now we're seeing PTSD that they're not even calling it, but you know how that leads to now the physical, like physical torture of his kid burning his ear, who knows what else. Like,
0: yeah. And then, you know, obviously there's the more subtle examples too, with, um, the the supermarket guy basically just yep. talking to the kid, really kind of irresponsibly talking to the kid about his brother and how, how boy, what you don't play football, what do you do, you know? And and just yeah, well your brother, he was really good at that, and just having no sensitivity towards the fact that this kid just four months prior lost his lost his brother, and you know the, the junkyard the guy junkyard. too, and the way he decides to talk to taking shots to Teddy. off all of
1: them based off what he, I know you in this, yeah, he has movies. an
0: adult fight with a bunch of kids, right. like it's just really not like. Really not cool, right?
1: And just taking low blows. Not even going like
0: he was sticking up for his dog. I do get that, <laughs> but <laughs> well, your dad's a loony. Don't <laughs> you taunt that dog? And then, honestly, also just the fact that the adults can't find this body, right? You know, it takes the kids to go out and find this right. kid who died. You know, right. like that's just how, that's how about a the deeper... fact that
2: four kids are missing for two days and nobody seems to care. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like Jesus, just missing. Yeah, yeah. just. just I, the the I think it shouldn't be understood what a dangerous journey this is. Like yeah, that, oh yeah. That in 2021, nobody is letting I mean not knowing where their kid is for like a day or two, or like.
0: Oh my! How times have changed. Yeah, I mean,
2: <laughs> like just like yeah, let's let's walk on a 30 mile, take a 30 mile trek in the middle of the woods with there's like wolves and coyotes and, and God knows whatever
0: leeches and. Trains, <laughs> also, blueberries, just complete, murderous bullies. <laughs> <boys, laughs> yeah. you know.
2: Just completely just you know, it's not a night. Like they have to be gone for two for such a long period of time and it's just Well just think think about think about it with the logistics of like, oh, I'm having a camp out with my friends. Okay, where are you gonna be? Whose parents are gonna be like those would be the questions that normal parents would have nobody's asking anything. Just like, oh yeah, nah. hey, see you later. <laughs> they
1: they set it up well Gordy, that Gordy's parents just well, if Gordy could disappear for a month then yeah, they'd be like... his
2: absentee like, parents, yeah. Yeah.
0: Now, are we going to mention here who Gordy's dad is played by here? I mean, I was waiting for you. I think that you that's your catch. I could not believe it when I saw it here. It makes sense now. And he is played by the heel in Twins. The actor is Marshall Bell. We talked about him in Twins. He was Webster in Twins. And he's also in
2: The Nightmare on Elm Street, the original. No, oh, no, the two. Yeah. No, two. two. He's, he's in two. Okay, he's yes, two. and
0: he's in Total Recall. He's the guy that yeah, the, 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 the comes out of his stomach. He's bad in
2: almost everything I've ever seen. <laughs> him.
0: And we learned now that the that the scar was not makeup here. It was because it was is, is It's in there. And uh, I was waiting for him to go. Uh, it should have been you, Gordy. You've seen my face. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but he had the same delivery
0: for. The mob guys, he was going to shoot in the ankles to his son. Yeah, it, he he clearly has no idea what movie's in here. Yeah. Just... But that's what we said about twins. He's in a different movie. Yeah, than the guy else. is just in his own movie. He just—they're
2: all playing baseball, and he's out there trying to play soccer. Yeah. I, I'll, I'll give I'll give you a little spoiler on the time machine recast. It's G- gonna be. Guess an... who's going. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, wow What did you guys think About those Kind of dream sequences Or those flashback scenes There With John Cusack Which well, I
2: forgot Was in this Yeah When I watched it I'm like Oh my god John Cusack's The dead brother Like it didn't I don't know why That never Registered before I did like The 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 funeral scene Is uh, The dream sequence is, mm-hmm. it, It's very Stephen King Esque It like, is I've seen that it, I've seen that a lot Yeah It's very Like uh, I, Dolores Claiborne mm-hmm. I've seen a lot of Versions of Stephen King where like he does those kind of yes he writes he must he obviously writes them very
0: specifically yes you know? he likes to write he likes to write about dream sequences and his you know, that's where he, really, he has to flex all his uh, all his vocabulary and, and imagery in his writing I think it's
1: they were so effective uh, I my favorite one um, was the one when they were having dinner and mm. the brother Denny kept going back to Gordy's writing even though the parents were clearly good at giving a shit less but he was trying to get like no like you matter. Is Denny as amazing as Gordy remembers or is that why Gordy's so such a good friend because of how great Denny was or you know so many different things. It just had me thinking a little bit. Yeah, that's things.
0: that's a good point because you're also you're seeing it through the the memory
1: Right, of the brother uh, he of, of an 11-year-old, right.
0: too. So it's like, you, you, that's a good point, Joe, is it there might be some rose-tinted glasses with it. And maybe, like, the dad isn't as vicious as he, as he is in those right. sequences because that's just, that's the perspective of the kid. Exactly. So maybe the over-the-top of it can <laughs> make kind of sense to be made it, out
2: of it. It is well-developed well why the father is so angry or so uh, d- dislikes Cordy so much. Like, they don't really... Ex- you get that he's... Yeah, he's not an athlete and he's kind of... I guess he's a weird kid. He's a writer. The dad doesn't understand him. You you assume all that stuff, but they don't really develop it at all. I get Maybe they don't have to because you understand it as it is.
1: And I wonder how much of that is because maybe it's not... The dad's not that bad. Maybe it's just the dad doesn't understand him. The dad's more... You know athletics, so it's he the does. But he's, not, yeah, they're show, but he's they're, not a bad guy, so yeah. they're not going to go heavy-handed on it, like you're saying.
2: They're showing the the what, what, how the, the Gordy's perceiving it, not necessarily right. what the reality exactly. is. Exactly, and that's how
1: Chris then perceives it through Gordy, right. because you know Chris, because they do, you know, subtly, well, not really subtly, but they let you know that Chris isn't at the house when the because the dad says like, why can't you have better friends like Denny did. And then he's like, Chris isn't that guy. That's when we first learned that Chris that um Chris stole. So we know that Chris isn't hanging out at the house for dinner. So it's not like he's going there and seeing for himself. It's all through Gordy's right. perspective. Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, basically all they'll they'll tell us is just that he lost his son four months ago and hasn't been able to deal with it. Is right. essentially what it is. But it four months is, is not a lot of time. It also that is very yeah.
2: quick. It also seems as if there are these problems with Gordy between Gordy and his dad were going on well before. 100%, certainly, you know. Yeah, certainly. And 100%. now it's
0: and now the fact that. That the brother is gone now. You're, you know now everything is is amplified. Uh, so I gotta ask, guys, how, did you guys have treehouses when you were no when you were younger? I always wanted, uh, but no. Uh,
2: I I lived in a in a complex where there was one built completely unsafe, and I think I wasn't even <laughs> all, I wasn't like supposed to be near it, and maybe went in once or twice. No, they're they're not they're not safe, dude. There's no way. No. Unless you have it professionally done, that they're safe. Like, yeah,
0: so we had one on our block that was that was absolutely professionally oh, done. Okay. Like it was like a house in the tree. Right. Like it Someone had all... like a fire okay. pole on it. On oh, one everything. of those, yeah. Something
2: somebody, somebody so, with construction experience, like yeah. Built there was
0: like thing, a door like... with hinges on. It. Oh, like, you, could walk, okay. like you, you You climbed up the ladder and you walked. It was like a little mini castle. Like that's so, yeah. Awesome. That, that, and and that that's cool. That's cool. Yeah, yeah, but no, it wasn't like just the the board nailed to the tree. And we
2: we had like a rickety. Rape Treehouse. Like, it was definitely (laughs) not good, dude. And I was not allowed to be near it, like, for sure.
0: Oh, God. I mean, I would have to imagine that the Treehouse is a movie trope. That is that yeah. I just feel like most real life tree houses are not anything like these things. No. That I mean, if these
1: that, and I mean, the Simpsons just pretty much stole that treehouse and copied it verbatim. But <laughs> I mean, imagine climbing into that. Like they were that remind it might be like the Sandlot one as well, where it's just like one wrong,
2: one extra person, this thing is falling apart, or, or like and you're or all like collapsing. One kid. Tree. One kid, like, takes a misstep, falls down the, the, the ladder going up, and breaks his arm, and that's the end of the treehouse. Like, yeah, right. No. You know, nowadays. Yeah, I don't insurance know insurance if... not a thing in <laughs> the 50s? Exactly. And
0: I don't know if lawsuits were as prominent in the 50s as they are, uh, yeah. as they are today either. You know, this is always a hot-button issue here at Best Picture Cast, and this is, I think, a, a really nice prime example to talk about the merits of it here. We're going to talk about voiceovers.
2: Uh oh. We R- have our R- friend. RDB. Uh, RDB be here. Yeah,
0: R- RDB is not here, so we can police this thing without him, and then we'll, we'll have to ask him at a later date here. Our old friend Richard Dreyfus is in the mix here for this one. As genius of the casting as I thought that John Cusack was, because I think that you could, I don't think you can do much better than that. At, at that time. You know, I don't know. Yeah, he's huge. He was huge deal. Yeah, yeah no, drunk is. Okay, so he's already Junk, a big deal was, in '86. Yeah, like yeah. say
2: anything was the next. That thing. was a big get, dude. Like, yeah. I, I, yeah. You know, so sure. you're.
0: So you're. He's creating an entity of something that you're that you're idolizing. What do we think about the casting of Richard Dreyfuss here um, and the job he does,
2: dude? I think he's one of the most important pieces of the movie. Like, yeah. uh, Talk about a warm blanket. I, hearing his voice was. I was instantly like, oh, this is yeah. such a comfy movie to be in it's a comfy, a comfortable world to be in and a lot of it is his just the the, the, the warmth in his voice is really a important piece of the, the puzzle I think without it I don't think it quite works the same way
1: the importance of him as the narrator I think can't be understated giving an adult perspective to what these kids are dealing with without being scene by scene explaining and then mm. it being Richard Dreyfus who has I mean his voice is fantastic his delivery is Perfect. I think it works so well. I, I don't think there's a misstep with it.
0: He's also able to really bring this thing home on the bookends too, 100%. where you get to see. He I mean he had he already has an Oscar under his belt here at this point. He was a, obviously a huge star in, in Jaws and, and Close Encounters, and then he won the Oscar for Goodbye Girl. That's all in the seventies. So now we're here in the mid eighties. He's already an established star, but he can he can sell that scene in the opening. Of the movie where he's just looking at the newspaper and you can you can see the story in his face. And at the end, too, where he can kind of step back. And, and when you only really have two brief moments in this thing, other than the voice work you're doing, it's kind of important to have a world-class actor there, too. And he nails it. Yeah, and I think given the time when this movie came out, it's, you know, like John Cusack, it's kind of hard to find a better fit, right. you know?
2: He also has that real paternal kind of mm. sensibility. He's telling a story about him as a kid, but in now a fatherly, his fatherly role as an adult and a father and probably mm-hmm. I would assume a husband. They don't really go into that, but you're assuming all that. He has that real sense of like, okay, I'm a parent now and now I see this story differently because I'm an adult now and I have a family of my own.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, the, the framing device of having him tell the story through his writing and then flashing back... Kind of like we saw in Titanic, same type of concept. I think it's really kind of essential to hammer home the nostalgia, is to have someone looking back. Like you said, Joe, I don't think they went overboard with the voiceover where they, they could have. They, they didn't. Yeah, yeah they it, let, they let the they let movie breathe. Yeah, it's pretty minimal. It, yeah. it just filled in. It didn't. Exp- the kids did the work. Now I want to ask you this though, and we kind of asked this with Titanic as well, do you think the movie works without voiceover? Could it be done without voiceover?
2: I think you lose and there's an anchor. It's it acts as an anchor, and I think without it, it, it might might be uh, it might be fledgling a little bit.
0: And I don't think it could
1: be the pace it is. I think that mm. they would have to spend more time kind of doing aspects, things. Yeah. And I, I think anchor is a really good word, Chris. Like I really like that you said
2: that. I think you're right. Also, the movie has to be at least a half an hour longer. Hundred percent. Yeah. And 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 on a, on a, a movie that's centered around a long distance hike. To make it then two hours, <laughs> that's a good point. Like you start to you start to get fatigued, like yeah. like almost like the characters would. Yeah, yeah. No, you're
0: right. I, I will also add that when adapting Stephen King material, <sighs> I know that people often think that using VO is a crutch. I do think when you're adapting Stephen King stuff, you kind of just need to have a little bit in there. And we see see with the Shawshank Redemption too. It there's just there's an artistry there that can't quite make its way to film if you don't have a little bit of, of voiceover flavor because in it. Because
1: you need that in... You need to... He writes so much about, like, motivation and thoughts that you yeah. need that.
0: His style of writing just lends toward there being some thoughts that need to be brought out. I mean, out. it's verbose. <clears throat> yeah, and, and you, don't, you don't want this to turn into just an exposition dump of a movie, too, because that's when you lose that, then you can get into that, too. Something like It, which doesn't use voiceover... At least, not the newer one. Uh, right, you have seven characters who can bounce dialogue off each other pretty well, and you'd be able to do it. But if you if just like a, an essential scene that I'll just pick out in in Stand by Me, where the voiceover really kicks in to kind of get the the social dynamics of the thing, would be at the junkyard mm-hmm. with the um, the sick balls, yes, you know, and it's and that's scene. very very descriptive in the in the book, and it's basically exactly what you see on the screen but it's kind of hard to get through the the myth and the lore of chomper with right. without that you know that that dreyfus delivery in there and, and him kind of saying like you know it, what he said was sick but what i heard was sick balls <laughs> you know like it, it just it's it really adds a ton of charm to that scene because we don't need
1: gordy telling that story as they're walking away and teddy's crying we don't need him to yeah, be like, "Oh, I, I heard it, you're supposed to be sick and ball, sick the balls," but I just heard Yeah, it. then they
2: have to yeah, then they have to then explain it to you as it, right. whereas the, we have it and then you get the reveal that, that the dog is in fact not Yeah, it's a little with like a yeah, funny free retriever. It's, retriever. It's, like, <laughs> yeah, it's
0: like such a well-done scene. Yeah. yeah. And and there even is a little bit of back and forth with them going, "Oh, sick balls, sick balls." Like so so they can they can be chummy about it as they would be, right. not Hey, I heard that when he says it, he says sick balls. Like, his kids won't talk that way. That that rumor already exists in their minds. There's a movie
1: where Vern is sitting there like, Oh, I don't like being here, guys. I heard that Chomper does...
0: And, and that's, that's not how you four keep, friends would talk to each other. And it's,
2: if you keep doing that through the movie, again, adds length to the movie. Mm-hmm. Like, and takes away the charm. It takes yeah. away the personality. Where
0: Teddy being like, "Aha, sick balls," is way more effective. So I don't think you can talk about Stand By Me without talking about the soundtrack. One of the most uh, distinctive parts of this movie, to the point where they they named the movie. Yeah, the movie. they named the movie for it, and a great name change, by the way. Oh, yeah. uh, you know the Huge. body. I don't know if the body has the. <laughs> Has the staying power that something like this The a Stang body with is.
1: four kids walking through the woods feels a little different. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I think it
2: just, it, it would conf- it would be confusing to people, I think. Yeah.
1: It w- it's not the vibe that this movie was. Yeah. And I love the way they use the soundtrack. Before we even get into the songs, where whenever they were going to like uh, the Cobras, it was a cool new song. I was always yep. excited. I was like, oh, I got excited to go to them, you know, the the murder and the, the wuss gang. <laughs> but the music was so good, I was excited for them.
0: It really, obviously, when you're playing off the nostalgia stuff, that works, that kind of works perfect there, too. It's important to, you know, when you're looking back on a summer, you know, when they're doing the lollipop and they're just kind of enjoying yeah. their way through the woods. You, you remember that, looking back. And as we talked about people love in the 90s, and I think one of the places they always go is the music, you know, if yeah, it's not sure. the movies.
1: 100%. I mean, the music is huge. I mean, Grant has an epic... 90s playlist. I think you've heard it here where he has one song by like every band or artist he could think of. It's like a 12 hour <laughs> playlist and it's
0: amazing. He's very, very proud of that playlist. It's
2: fantastic and he deserves it. And, and just like, I love like the stuff like just listening to a little transistor radio. Like mm. Although, 50s, are there portable transistor radios battery operated? Like, I, I feel like I don't know if that was a thing. So I
1: was trying to, I, I read a bunch about like the time things that didn't make sense and I didn't see that. Right. But, you know, but everyone was focusing more on like this brand didn't exist yet or this or cans weren't aluminum yet, like different things like that. So I didn't see that, but I thought the same exact thing. Yeah, I
2: I feel, especially the size it was, I was like, I feel like that probably wasn't a thing then, but I I could be wrong. I don't know. I don't know. They committed to it pretty hard. So I was like, they must have. Yeah, they must have known on some level.
0: Okay, so the first commercially manufactured transistor radio was introduced in 1953 four right. so we're, cutting, so we're it cutting it close and, and i don't know would they have, have, it? have it maybe yeah. not but we will save that for the nitpick it, <laughs> it doesn't really
2: end. bother me i just i was just curious yeah, like, yeah, honestly, yeah they are having, cutting it close there having
1: music at the campfire scene at night is worth the nitpick especially it's like it's small too <laughs> yeah I mean,
2: like you know it's like oh to have it that small and like working out there in the middle of nowhere you know yeah, so the hard.
0: movie the movie takes place in 59 yes so we got a little bit of a 5 year gap there. Would it have been out there? I don't know. Was it like uh, was it a was only the the first class had it? You know, right. and they, they, and these
2: kids weren't No. First class. No, no. I mean, they were they were Yeah, they were middle to lower class yeah, probably, right? Yeah.
0: And it so this this takes place in 59, yeah. so they probably had all just seen Gigi together. Um, <laughs> that's clearly
1: why they were running away from all adults.
2: <laughs> uh, that's were you were you guys uh both. Were you familiar with the uh the song they're singing on the train tracks there? Uh the, the theme song? I was not oh, in that was movie. Not. Other than this movie, I've never heard of that.
0: Yeah, no, I had to look it up. It's, a, it's just a TV theme. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. Have, gun will, was, have
2: Gun Will Travel. Yeah, yeah I think the like the a
0: Western, it was like a yeah. Western procedural kind of deal. Like, I had to look it up. I paused the movie to be like, what is this? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah um, I had no idea. One of the the you know one of the shows that uh, Leo in, in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood would be starring in. Exactly. <laughs> in.
2: Right, right. Uh, I do, I love it. The theme song is great when they're singing it. And the, but the only place I've ever heard it was this movie. Me too. So yeah, I I, and I love
1: them just like owning it and loving it and like yeah, like that was fun.
2: And I like the callback to it where uh, um, Vern, yeah. Vern tries to bring it up again and it just no, it doesn't go anywhere. Not vibing. <laughs> yeah, they weren't
0: vibing with Vern. Vern is Vern is a blast in this movie. He's yeah. you know he's obviously the comedic relief and it's just great. I, I love the whole uh, the running gimmick of the two for flinching. And then he finally gets he finally gets Teddy to flinch, and then he gets hit again. It's classic stuff. The Just pennies is another pennies. great gag, Just and and that was a whole big thing in the in the book. And basically, oh, it was? yeah, they do it they do a pretty good justice in this well, one. The pennies are a catalyst
2: for the entire story. I mean, right. like, yeah. that's how it all begins. He yep. hears he hears over here is his brother. You know, his brother
1: and the worst haircutted villain
0: ever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and they're kind of more it, the the kids. The, the running thing with the kids is that none of them have the heart to tell him that the brother obviously took the pennies right, right after he buried them, you know, and, and <laughs> he keeps looking he lost the map, so he can't find them because he lost the map, but the, they're not down there. Buddy. It was a very yeah, funny
1: gone. visual of all the holes, like, yes. bit, like just like three inch holes, like he's not even trying that hard.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Big
0: classic. Oh yeah, Joe, you, you brought up the, the stealing of the hat. Matching that up with, with the John Cusack scene is a real vicious turn. Yeah. And you really get to get to see what Kiefer's all about, and how he's just you know really just the, the scum of the earth. I mean, you take it, you take a kid who just lost his brother. He's like, it was a gift from him. He goes, well, now it's mine. You know, it's like, whoa, dude.
1: And you almost got the feeling that Ace kind of pulled back when Denny was around.
0: Yeah, there's they do they do kind of imply that there was a respect, right? That, that he they, had they clearly for Denny. weren't like they clearly didn't
1: intermingle because we know that the, that he has good friends. But he clearly like I have a feeling that
2: Gordy got left alone when Denny was around. Well, and well, now Ace is really coming back. You gotta you gotta remember what the dynamics, especially back then, what the dynamics are in school. If you're like the star football player, and uh, Kiefer's character is a uh, is one of the, the greaser scumbags, right. Like you you're not messing with the the that, the, the high school quarterback, you right? Know? You know what I mean? Who's like, getting scouted for yeah, college. He's a lower tier in their in, sure. in their in social dynamics, so. I think that there was, like you said, like a, I don't know, if, maybe not respect, because it doesn't seem like he respects A boundary. Anything. But I think he he knew not to mess with him or anybody associated with him.
0: Right. Yeah, know? he says, he says, you'd think that you would have gotten some of your brother's good sense. That's true. Yeah. So he does, there is at least, and I think that, that, I mean, Denny is essentially, he's like the toast of the town. He's the right. homecoming Everybody. king. He was, you know, all, all that. So I guess everyone in the town is a little bit of a local... A local hero yeah. you know also, a hometown hero
2: peak of Cusack's like cuteness too it's very he's very like very handsome but without that, being his, like intimidating his... you know, really right. handsome, like he boyish boyish yeah. good looks you but know, like, like just perfectly cast as
1: like I like you know we could see this movie where Denny didn't die and like him and Kiefer have a kind of thing where Kiefer kind of backs off a little bit because of Cusack's confidence and just the way he carries himself and... Yeah,
0: and the bully, the, the small-town bully never goes after the, the homecoming king. Right, you go after yeah, the writer brother. He knows his place in the food chain. Exactly, you know? and
2: yeah. Chris nailed that. Maybe I should know this and I don't. What age is, is Ace and those guys? What, are they supposed to be like high school seniors? So I was thinking... Or are they like I was thinking they were Denny's older? age. So they well, were... Well, how old is that? High school senior. Okay. So they weren't like... Because they seem very... They were like third. Kiefer looks pretty, yeah, pretty I, old to be I, in high school. I
0: think that, yeah, I think they're still in high school, whereas Denny would have graduated. I believe in the book, I mean, it's it's a military death in the book. He's, oh it is he's yeah a jeep he goes away here. yeah he goes away oh well his, it
2: could a jeep accident could be it, it, a military which shot, is what yeah. it was in the book oh, okay. his
0: military jeep capsized capsized I don't know flipped over <laughs> <laughs> um, still, still in Titanic okay. right yeah so uh, my guess is that he's probably like the year younger and he's they're, they're the seniors right and, um, we have eyeball chambers I wanted so badly for that to be Glenn Guglia from The Wedding Singer that the same actor because they look exactly the same and that would have made me appreciate the character more. It's not uh, him. I look eyeball
1: it is not an effective number two in a gang.
0: No, and and is he the worst brother of all time? Yes. I mean, what like he's at least Vern's <laughs> brother. Right away
1: when he sees Vern down there, he's like, whoa, yeah, holy well, shit! Yeah. Eyeball's like having his brother almost get a cigarette to the eye. And he's chuckling in the background. Like, like worst number two, worst big brother. Yeah. Like, just all... And now, this is... They're from a a troubled family, right? So you would think that there's some sort of unity between them, but instead
0: he's just letting Ace just torture him. And, he, you know, and, and like, you know, later on, when when Chris is like, oh, you know, I'm just the brother of eyeball chambers... There's a shit about that. He's like, he just looks like another Brad or Chad, you know. Right. He's not, he doesn't even have like any dirt on his face. He's he like he's like a pretty boy. Doesn't have
1: anything. Why is he called eyeball? There's no scar on his
2: eye. He's <laughs> not a missing one. Yeah, they could have gone into that. I'm like, why was he named eyeball? Right, yeah. like. There's no re-
0: reason for it. It's Dry, a lame they... nickname to begin with, all right? Like, uh, uh, yes, any explanation they could have done wasn't going to make it. Any but at better, least it I would I have been something.
2: You. No, everybody else is a name, and now here's <laughs> eyeball.
0: Eyeball Chambers, I have, look out!
2: I have to say, one of the one of the cobras caught my attention because I when I summer school the vipers, Col- the movie vipers. What some of the re- when I did the research, I realized that one of them is in the character's named Gary Riley. He's one of the cobras. He was he's actually his name is Charlie Hogan in real life, and he was in a movie I love. Called summer school. Uh, I love that movie. Oh, you—you—that's know what, I'm That's talking what about? you said. Yeah,
1: summer school. He's the best. Oh, the, yeah, the yeah. horror guy with the yeah, guys from the horror, from ski ski horror guys. Yeah. yeah, they're
2: amazing. Awesome stuff. And I, was Worst... like, oh, I love that guy. Yeah, <laughs> around the same time, I guess you know, he had a little run, short little. Now running. he does like horror makeup. I did not know that.
1: Yeah, he has like a cool job now. Worst haircut ever in this movie. <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah. He cut the top and just let the sides just grow forever. <laughs> the opposite of what Kiefer Sutherland does in uh, Lost Boys. <laughs> he cuts the sides very short. Ray and, uh, short. He's got a party in the back and the whole Yeah,
0: thing. he goes straight Shawn Michaels in, in yeah. Lost Boys for yeah. sure. Actually Shawn Michaels probably got that from Lost Boys.
1: <laughs> and I mean, this was the, you know, nice
0: greaser mullet. Like it really works for him. So I, I think we have to talk about the probably the most iconic scene of the movie and that's the train. Train. Absolutely. That yeah, was I my mean, scene of the movie for sure. That's probably the, the most famous thing here.
2: Yeah, yeah. I yeah so. Probably, I would I, think. Yeah. I mean just the way just the way it shot alone and after I did the research I realized how they shot it. I mean that's really pretty impressive. incredible. It looks yeah. it looks awesome. It looks I, dude, the uh, the stakes are fucking high. You really think like, oh these guys these kids could get killed. Like
0: Love the just love the imagery of just a beautiful bridge. Yeah. You know, oh, it's a beautiful awesome. scenery and
2: it's shot really well. Oh wide. yeah, they do a lot of wide shots. It cut in. And like, they,
1: they they let you sit on it first when they yeah. walk up to it. and They're debating oh. what they should do. They just make you oh, they shoot. Seat.
2: They shoot down. Yep. and you see the the holes in the trestles and like you're like oh god like yep. yeah, I
0: would be scared to death like definitely the highlight of the cinematography in this yeah, in this one sure. well which is otherwise pretty pedestrian it's you just know straightforward. Like the rest of the movie is kind of just it's it's wide shot close it's up just procedural let's yeah but that. That's the scene where he really flexes, for sure.
2: Even within editing, too, there's a lot of uh, quick cuts mm-hmm. to their faces, them running, to the train, to this, to that. They're cutting all over the place, which is really cool. It's really good tension building because it doesn't feel jumpy, yeah. even though they move a lot. Well, they make you... They also do a good job of like showing you the trestles. I've been... I don't know if you guys have, but I've actually walked... A, not a bridge that size, mm-hmm. but I've walked across train trestles with, at a bridge. I used to have one in my town. Oh. And... Um, Dude, it's scary cuz like you your like leg could fall into one of those holes. So like if you're running on it's not easy to run on train tracks. Like I yeah. don't know if any of you have we'll try to walk them, but it's,
0: I have not. So the one in your town was just like that where you, if the train's coming you had nowhere to go.
2: Way shorter and it hadn't been used in forever, but okay. yeah, it was okay. it was a just just like that bridge with the train track. You could see the river underneath. Same same exact thing. That's it's crazy. crazy. I think it's still there. It's in my town as far so, as I know. I what I thought when I was watching this scene, I have ADD. Mm-hmm. I would have been just like Corey Feldman's character. Like, I'm not walking around. But just go. Like, You'd be in the same
0: spot in ten minutes.
2: It's right over there. Like, not not weighing any consequences to it at all. And like, I would be exactly the same way. But re- you realize it's like it looks like. What do you think? It's like a quarter of a mile. Uh, uh,
0: yeah, maybe not. Long. Maybe not that long. But but yeah, it it's was pretty it long. Was it's a big bridge. Yeah, yeah. just a. a, a a beautiful bridge mixed with the terror of the reality yeah. of walking by Because there is, it is nowhere the to no go. go. And so, we'll yeah. just jump. And it's I up like, is hundreds of feet. Yeah, you
1: know, you're definitely you're yeah, dead if you fall. Gonna it ain't to work out. I yeah. also love so much that they did it during the day. So you could see the broadness and the yeah. grandeur of it. Not yeah. at night to make it, oh, but, it's scary. It's at night now. Yeah, but yeah. then I think my, that loses something. My yes.
2: favorite little piece is when he touches the track, feels something, and looks back. And you just All you see is the smoke <sighs> behind the trees. Uh-huh. It's really well, that, that, that's like director one, like that perfect directing yep. is like, you see just a little bit before you see the whole thing coming at you. Like it makes you as a watcher be like, the stakes are just so high, you know, at that point.
0: Yeah, and just wonderfully adapted too, because that's one of the best passages from the book too. And, and really they nailed it on point, what was on page. How uh, do
2: we feel about the slow-mo, Kieran? And, and we, I think we have to bring up,
0: the Family Guy, yeah, <laughs> uh, yes. So it, The Family Guy did this along with uh, Shawshank Redemption yep. and Misery. He did the did the three because it's it's three stories in the, one half hour short. episode. It's just kind it's of like five minute little clips. This was the biggest chunk of the of that. And they
2: make a point of of acknowledging I'm going to warn if the train's coming, I'm going to warn you in slow motion, which. <laughs> they do in the movie, which is hilarious.
0: I know some people get very annoyed with slow motion and whatnot. I mean, I think I think what was it Artie and Grant were going off about that one time. I don't remember which exactly which movie it was in, but. I'm I, I never really that bothered by slow motion. Pacing. I think it, I
2: mean, in this, it really adds to, like, the charm. Like, it's yeah, so charming. Yeah. To do
0: it. Like, it, it never bugs me, too. Oh, Lion King, I think, was where they were, ragging yeah, going to scar in slow motion. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah, the cartoon. Yeah. But,
2: Whatever. I think that scene works. I, I, I have to say, after Family Guy, I can't not laugh at that every single time. <laughs> yeah. like, my, <laughs> You know, like, it's so My
0: favorite, uh, my favorite Part of that is when they do the, and now Little Richard playing piano, piano chord <laughs> <Woo-hoo>. and woo. The way they filmed that scene, it has a high probability of failure, just because you're mixing a lot of components, a lot of tricks, a lot of ways to make that thing work without any use of CGI, which hasn't really been processed yet. And I just really think they nailed it. You know, yeah. I, I, so, yeah. they,
2: so to make the train look like it's right on top of them, they, they, they filmed it with a 600 millimeter long focus camera. With, and they shot it, I, and I, again, I don't know exactly what this means, but they shot it at the telephoto end. I don't know what that means, but that's what I, the research says. Mm-hmm. So basically, they, the, the, the train is much farther away than it looks in the, in the movie. Which is really genius. I mean, whatever they did was genius because it looks like it's right on top of them it. Looks like it's right running. there. It's yeah, well, yeah. so well done. It's really great. I do feel like if they jump off the side where they jumped off, they'd probably get seriously injured yeah, either way. There's a lot of rocks and, yeah. and business going on.
0: Yeah, they got a little a little lucky there, I guess. You take some, some. I don't think Vern's
2: on. taking that fall okay. Well, yeah, I think I think. Uh, um, well, Gordy's Gordy's little. Gordy probably falls on 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 uh, his buddy, and he's okay, maybe. But yeah, uh, I think Vern's taking that bad. Yeah, Vern's taking a big hit.
0: One of the other nuances I like about that is is that you have Teddy and Chris arguing about whether they should do it or not yeah. early on, and you had the little foreshadowing a little earlier where Teddy was doing the storm the beach of Normandy thing where we, I'm gonna I'm gonna dodge it, I'm gonna right. train dodge, train dodge. And then, you know, you had him and, and Chris Buttonheads again there, too. They're the ones arguing as to whether they're going to do it or not, or whether they're going to go around and add the extra day to the trip. And they're the two that make it cleanly. You know, it's not, they're not ultimately, though they're arguing, they're, they're not, not the ones Neither of them are affected. Well, you got Vern
2: crawling <laughs> across the trestles, like, <laughs> losing a mind, you know? Like,
0: yeah. In the novella, does a real good job of explaining um, Gordy's uh vertigo he's experiencing based on oh, height. That's real. Yeah. That's real, dude. Yeah. That's and how real. he just yeah, yeah. how he couldn't move quickly. Yeah. He goes even he goes, even Vern, who was who was really, really dragging heels, like dragging heels, I wasn't even able to catch up to him just because, you know, it, it felt like well while we were up however many feet we are, it felt like double that. Wow. And yeah oh, awesome. kind of was I like, actually yeah.
2: experienced that I experience that with uh large heights. I get dizzy. Like I lose mm. my I lose my uh sense of where things are and I get dizzy. It's a real that's a real yeah. thing. And on something like that where there's no sides well, hell no, you can no. see no. down the bottom. Yeah, I mean I don't, totally I don't what happens.
1: And it's hard to like y- there's no context for things. But if that's how he's writing it, then I think the slow motion train works a lot better because he's experiencing things differently.
0: Yeah, and the other big portion of that too is that, you know, he goes, you know, I never, I never got a look at the train. I never, yeah. I never looked at it, even as it was going by. I had my head down. and refused to look at it. He only yeah. heard it. He never yeah. saw it. You know, that was great. kind of cool. Yeah, really, really cool passage in, in the book. I,
2: they, I guess they don't. They the One more thing that we can move on from it is that you know you wonder like, well, is the conductor like hitting the brakes? And I guess you realize like I thought about this a lot, and like it takes a lot to slow down a right. train. You can't mm-hmm. just stop it, like. I don't think at that point I don't think there's any control over it. Maybe he's he maybe he is putting the brakes on but and it's just slowing it down slightly. Not enough. Yeah, right. yeah. It's yeah. giving them and an extra
0: 10 feet maybe. Is and that is a conversation that in the book that yeah that, that Chris and Gordy have. You know, he says well, we you know we talked about it years later and I said to you know I said to Chris is is uh, I wonder if the conductor even saw You know, and it's honking the horn and and Chris's response was, is though they don't just honk the horn for the hell of it. Interesting. So I I, I wanted to bring this up about the book. And this is something I had meant to say last year when we were doing the Shawshank because it's a great little nugget. And I just in our conversation, just it was a note that went unsaid. And I was so pissed off the next day (laughs) that I didn't get to bring it up. Uh, So I just wanted to make sure that we were going to we were going to A, we were going to talk about Sam and me so I could bring this up. And uh, b make sure I actually brought it the same, so of the four novellas written in this book, each of them he wrote immediately after one of his major works, oh, so it was oh. kind of a, a an unwinding process the pers- the pers- the pers- pers- yes, pers- yeah just yeah, because yeah. at the end of at the end of completing one of the bigger projects, he still had his he still had his creative juice of slowing, and there was still adrenaline going, and he had to <laughs> Come down off the high. He's
2: the most prolific guy on the planet. (laughs) It's (laughs) It's just (laughs) insane.
0: It is wild. Yeah. So the body is the oldest story there, and he wrote that directly after finishing Salem's Lot. Okay. Okay. Which is his second work. That's what he did after Carrie. Oh, really? Okay. I didn't know that was um, that early. Okay. Apt pupil. He wrote in the two week period following the completion of The Shining.
1: Two weeks.
0: Yes, Christ. after after finishing *The Shining*, so okay. uh, which is I'm sure he was in a very dark state of mind because that is I, a, I mean
1: that pupil is fucking
0: dark. It is a dark story. Yes, uh, Rita Hayworth and *The Shawshank Redemption* was written after finishing *The Dead Zone*, and he wrote *The Breathing Method* uh, after finishing *Firestarter*. Of those are kind of all four major early works for him. These are the stories, and so so basically *Shawshank Redemption* and *Stand By Me* come off of. Which are probably His two greatest Adaptations Right I mean He says He says uh,
1: Stand By Me Is one
0: When he saw Stand By Me And granted This is years Before Shawshank came out He had to like Excuse himself From the room And came back And said that That is the greatest Adaptation of my work That will ever be done
2: And he also uh, Rod Reiner Rewrote a bunch Of the script and kind of like And he and he really liked. Like he he said, it was the it was the closest thing to like his experiences. That's amazing. That 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 even I I think even maybe even closer than he got to it. So uh, he did. Yeah, he really intuitively. Yeah, that's this is that's why he also got the rights to misery because he did this so well.
0: Yeah, and Shawshank, he famously said himself. Didn't think ever could be adapted, right? Yeah, we talked a lot so about that. So when he yeah. heard that that Darabont Great boy could it, well, yeah, yes. yeah, and he well, we heard Darabont's doing it, just kind of laughed. All right, yeah, go for it. These are his wind down stories. What this guy does yeah. to get his mind yeah, straight—crazy, pretty wild stuff. So let's talk. Uh, let's talk. We're talking about short stories within uh, within other works. Let's, Lord talk Lord let's Talk about the pie eating contest. A real bold decision to put this one in here. So the so the the novella has two of these.
1: Oh, okay. told by
0: Gordy? Yes. One is like of his published work, which is a very odd, rapey story. Um, of course. It's D. Yeah. King. Right. Yeah, so that, that that was probably a good one to leave out. That was kind of like one of his first published works in it. And then this one is the one he's telling along right. the campfire. It is pretty bold putting this in here because tonally it could easily not work. Yeah. Oh, easily. And it does. It's so effective. Yeah, it's, it's really nice. You get to, to show off. Gordy's creativity a little bit here. I love the color schemes of it, just highlighting his imagination. Yep, it really feels cool like a, it feels, it
1: like, feels a like a story like, or a dream or yep. something like yeah. that. Yeah, And I, I love, I love the shot at the not, the not having
2: a good ending. that's yep. the Stephen King that, criticism. Like, yep, absolutely. Yeah, you just, got you honed in on that one. The thing that stuck out to me is the the cruel nature of everybody in the story, mm. and it's definitely it's it's clearly this kid his view of his peer most probably besides his friends next to him most of his peers his parents mm. all the adults in his life I, I i you know it's a purging of like these negative thoughts about everybody else around right. him you know like yeah
0: uh, yeah, well, that's that's a really good point. And also in community form. Right. You right. Know, just the whole community getting together to be down on this poor guy. And,
1: and yeah. just chanting against him. And then even as he goes through Ezra, it's the twins. It's the fat lady. It's this person. Yeah. Like, everybody's included.
0: Yeah. In yeah, the Knights of Columbus crew. With the right. Guys yeah. In the Yeah. The antler guys. yeah, yeah, right. like,
1: yeah. yeah. The rotary club throwing yeah, right, on the right. antler guys. Yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah so he's, he's basically, like, showing well, his perception of, like, his community and what they're mm-hmm. like. It again. It's similar to what his the dream sequence yep. is, or what he feels his dad is like. It may this may not obviously be the reality of the situation, but it's his, his perspective, percep- it's his perception of it. Right,
0: you know? and I I know we bring up this movie way too much at Best Picture Cast, but I'm going to do it again. <laughs> I couldn't help but think of Step Brothers and the Brennan has a mangina. <laughs> Brennan has a meningi and so does get, the get, mom say like something like
2: yeah. I, I started singing it too <laughs> it was really catchy
0: <laughs> even some of the meaner parents started joining me <laughs> and I must admit it was catchy uh, yeah for very very funny stuff just <laughs> like,
2: sorry that just made me laugh doesn't yeah. she say like she's like it was very mean like, I started singing too it was very it was awful it was awful, just, it was awful. Was awful. But then she's just like it was, just, it was very catchy uh, yeah. it was awful what a great movie Tarek
0: uh, won for lip-syncing Vanilla Ice.
1: <laughs> but just to go back to how engaged the other three boys were to it, mm. I think was also showing that Gordy's perspective was not outrageous to them in their world. Yeah. that, And I think it goes back to what Chris talked about so early on about parents letting these kids down. It's not Adults. Just adults mm. in general. Yeah, sorry. Right. Correct. Yeah, adults. yeah. But it wasn't just Gordy's parents; it was the community, it was the town, it was the fact Teacher that each a principal, yeah, right. It's that Ace is running around trying to murder people, no and everybody's
2: is just doesn't give a shit. Like there, there was, there is a reality of of like bullying was accepted back then. Like uh, they do it in um, they they reference it in Days of Confused, which comes out, you know, you know, I mean, is it's about re- 70s. Is, but yeah, seventies. No but more, they-
0: Mister Nice Guy. <laughs>
2: Great, but, another great movie. But they, they they reference like that the community just accepts this hazing that's right. going on. Yeah. Like they take think, a part in it. Yeah, yeah. I think it's just something that back then was like just like yeah, it's part of growing up, man. You're getting bullied. It's like maybe they wouldn't care that like, these kids. It's are like kidding. a rite of passage
1: because if these kids, say Gordy and that crew, they're going into high. They're going to high school that year, right? And it's the same thing as Daisy Confused. I love this point. These are the seniors now welcoming in. Yeah. The new, like, this is your rite of passage. Like, you want to be in our high school. Yeah. We went through it. So now you have to go through it to get. Again, Family Guy does a great one where
2: Chris runs away and lives in Africa and marries <laughs> the princess. <laughs> yeah, no, nobody's assessing the like the damage this can right, do yeah. to, to a, a young an, exactly. pre-adolescent, you and pre adolescent. And I like... don't think Ace is having a beer with you after. Like, oh, no. like Ease is, is a psychopath, right, for <laughs> yeah. sure.
0: Yeah, he's trying to get you killed. <laughs> well, right. we, get, we see that in the game of chicken he plays with the with the truck coming out of Final Destination so 2. Much.
1: Yeah, super Final Destination 2 vibes. <laughs> I won, didn't I? <laughs> his face in that is perfect. The beer in his hand, toothpick, not even looking at the other guy, just staring at the
2: fucking truck off until yeah, he just... wins. You, you know what I, that I struck, struck me from that scene? His car took that log like a champ, like ran right over it. And I was like, yeah. whoa, dude!" Like, I think my, my whole car would fall apart if you yeah, <laughs> did <geez>. <mean. laughs> I mean, I hit a little pothole. And right, like, oh, my tires s- are done. Yeah, <laughs> I, mean, I mean, Long Island has potholes as big as logs. So that uh, <laughs> th- 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 we do deal with that on a regular basis. After
1: the story, um, when they hear the, when the boys go to sleep and they hear the coyotes, I think talking now about Chris and Gordy.
0: Yeah, and I don't think that we've talked enough about River Phoenix uh, or, or, or Will Wheaton for that matter. But um yeah, let's let's talk about those two and start with the performance.
1: One, I think that scene's phenomenal. I think the acting on both is stellar, and I just I think River Phoenix is top-notch in there. But as they get into it and just as they kind of how they kind of view each other and how they're clearly best friends, but you know, Chris is like, You're no, you're an idiot to keep hanging out with us. You're gonna do better and Gordon being like, no, you come into the college class. He's not worried about Teddy and Vern. It's just those two right there. It's a super intimate moment. And when Chris breaks down about adults letting him down, I just think it's so poignant and works so well for what they're doing. And
0: Yeah, the, the, the characters complement each other very well within the dialogue. And the actors do the same. Awesome. You know, they, they, the, the casting of the two and the performance of the two really complement each other. Because we get the moments where each need needs the other to give him an attaboy. Yep. I really like both of their points.
2: Re- it's a small disagreement. Mm-hmm. Very slight. It is slightly... And I think they're both great. I think the, all the kids are good. Slightly overacted. Really? A little, the crying? Just, the, like, even River... It, kind of River Phoenix is even more of the uh, culprit. It's kind of like, No, man! Don't say that! Like, like it, it's... Mm-hmm. It doesn't seem natural... To me, hundred percent. I can see
0: it. I, see it.
2: So, I, I dude, I, I'm really not. Tr- I think they're awesome. And sure. I can, listen,
1: we have to. We yeah, can't just high five about everything.
2: Yeah. I'm sorry. I, I'm, I'm yeah, not yeah. trying to disagree. It just there's moments in that okay. piece where I'm just like, Ugh. interesting. It could have pulled back a little bit. How about
0: you know? the the story about the teacher? Was I love?
2: That- oh, I, I mean, I, the, it's written. It's a. Yeah. It's 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 a perfect example of like how a, this the one one of the, one of the people that he okay is. Dad's a mess. His family sucks. But like your teacher is supposed to be real. To rely on those right. people in your life, yeah. and like he, that even they fucked him over. Like yeah. I, I, know I love it, all of that. Mm. It, 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 just you know what it is too. I, we watch a lot of, of stuff now, dude. We have, we're in an age where like there's a lot of sophisticated TV and, and yeah, uh, especially TV. And there's a lot of really great kid actors. It really like, is these yes, days. And like I'm looking at them and I'm looking at this and for the time for it was, 86 it's very strong oh my okay. god super strong i can see why people are freaking out about it but like it doesn't quite add up I, I it doesn't 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 quite seem genuine now to me
0: i could see that i definitely could see that take there's moments where will Wheaton is kind of going for it a little bit you know with right. the sobbing yeah i think it ultimately works for me i think that the other two are kind of like um Unsung heroes, somewhat, and Jerry O'Connell and and uh, Corey Feldman and I, Corey Feldman.
2: I really like when Corey Feldman is
0: like devastated about what the what the, the guy from yes. the
2: junkyard said.
0: He turns it up. Well. I
2: really, I think that's one of the best performances in the movie. It's is, a great scene. Is he's when he just has his head down. They're like yeah. holding or they're holding him as he's walking. I love that scene. I think he's I, really good. I, I think he's love phenomenal.
0: his his goofy stuff too where you know he's where where, um when Gordy loses the coin flip oh Gordy gets Gordy is call me crazy here but I feel like he drew some some influence off of Crispin Glover and Back to the Future for some reason it kind of has that like dorky like I feel like he watched Back to the Future was like yeah I'm going I'm going full full Crispin on this I'm telling
2: you Feldman's career should have been different man he was re- yeah. he's really good yeah like, if all of hollywood didn't fuck him over know, and kill his friend I, he well, probably and, well would that's okay cool. we should bring up that like everybody thought he's a lunatic and then like he's someone, been proven right he's been kind of proven right by like that hollywood basically just like used him and abused him and yeah. now we're realizing like that's actually what happened and, and corey like, hayne turned down the role of gordy uh, is that right uh, yeah yeah well they were always up for the same stuff right yeah like, they, they were in, They're the you know, they were the corey they were a thing Dream a little dream, I think. Outside the
1: Lost Boy, I love the Lost Boys, but Dream a Little Dream, I think they're fucking awesome yeah. together.
2: Yeah, they were. Really, yeah, they were. They were good. It's a shame, dude. It's, it's kind of sad because he was really good. I he,
1: but I think he's he's the he, Fel, Feldman is the superior. He might be the strongest. Oh, part yeah.
2: of the movie. Like honestly.
1: I see, I think River Phoenix for me, but I could. There's but a, I see those moments. But I around. see the argument.
0: Yeah, I see yeah. the argument. Well, we don't have to decide sure. that yet. But we'll we'll, we'll right. get to the awards. We can make that ultimate decision there. What? What's Wheaton up to these days, Joe? Do you have? He uh, was on
2: Big Bang Theory a lot. Yeah, a lot. And no, 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 he, he writes of, Star Trek. Yeah, he was on okay. Star Trek. He Here's writes a Star ton Trek of books. Reference. Well, and he was in Next Generation for like ever, the whole run. Yeah, and then, I've never seen a second of any Star Trek. Me neither. Yeah, but yeah, I know, I know he was on it from Big Bang Theory. Yeah, well, that's why he's on Big Bang Theory, because he was on Star Trek for so yeah, Brendan
0: B. is screaming at his device right now, as he loves uh, both. So. Um, he's also, <laughs>
2: isn't he a really successful author
1: himself? Yes, very, like, prolific writer. Oh, wow. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Like, I think he's written over ten books. Yeah. Oh, wow. And I think, but, like, I, th- I think he does a lot of, um, I think he also does a lot of, like, uh, script writing, like I think he yeah. goes in and does a lot of things. Like, I think he's been involved yeah. with some of the comic he's had a nice, movies, I think,
2: second act. I think, yeah. Mm. And then Jerry O'Connell, like, married Rebecca Romain, so obviously his second act was, was pretty good. Uh, he was in Tomcats, yes. which is fucking and another though.
0: Brendan B. favorite the show Sliders. I don't know if you ever uh, saw the show no, Sliders, no, no
2: but, but just, is, it, is it about like 16th century, uh, God knows what,
0: or it's about White Castle. <laughs> uh, <What>? No, <laughs> no I, I, I. Jerry O'Connell is the lead, and he, uh, at the end of every episode, he goes through like a wormhole and it brings him to another alternate universe. Wait, that's an old show? Yes, yeah, from like the 90s. Oh my God. Yeah. I, did he have aerosol cans involved? Uh, maybe dude, I know exactly. exactly. Yeah, it was a good show. I Dude, I remember that. But that was like one of Brendan B's favorite shows. Yeah, was it really? It, it takes you to this alternate universe, and maybe yeah. in this universe, everybody's like. I remember and it. everybody can can has X ray vision. They were all oh, reality. Yeah. Really? Each episode there Dude, was a different game. I
2: fucking remember that. Yeah, yeah. That's Jerry O'Connell incredible. led. Oh we you're we have to talk about that when I see that. Yes. It. I'm yeah. trying to find something there's I'm just drawing a blank on a name, but uh,
1: Jerry O'Connell has an amazing what's the nineties movie he shows up in?
0: Well we have to mention Scream Two. You
1: know, he's in Scream Two. He's but then there's a... he's fantastic in Scream can't Two. Can't hardly wait. Prestone, okay. oh Preston. right, he he's really come, good like movie. great. He's and he's just trying to hit on all the high school girls, because yeah. the college girls just won't give the time to day. Just a giant douche. Yeah, I've just, always liked Jerry O'Connor I think He's
0: great. In everything he said.
1: So. Like he's he's just and good for him. Married Rebecca Romijn. Like, yeah, just, just he's really made it work. And he's very funny in this. Yeah, this is like the guy who doesn't hundred percent fit in, gets shit on, but also gives it back sometimes. You know, he's dramatic. in that
0: terrible Tara Reid movie too. There's
1: Wait, a lot which of one? Uh. <laughs>
0: As we mentioned, this movie's pace really, really kind of sharply, and and it's it's a good assembly of iconic scenes. I think we got to talk about the leeches next, uh, Chris. Walk walk us through. Oh, walk my, us through the leeches, dude.
2: It has it's it, that's traumatized me for the rest of my life. I mean, like, <laughs> I mean, I will not go near any sort of body of water that's even nope. close to a pond or swamp, anything nope. like that, dude. Like, I'm out. And even watching it again, I cringe. I can't even. I, it's hard to watch, dude. I, I can't do it.
0: Yeah, those bodies of water in movies never go well, you know. Yeah. So I have to imagine real life. It can only go worse. But
2: this one actually had a like a long term effect on me. Like, <laughs> like I don't go. I don't. I don't go camping because of it. I, I don't go anywhere near <laughs> nature. Like in that way, and deep into the woods and water, forget it. Like no way. I'm out. Yeah,
0: and and just rest assured that in in the novel, it's Stephen King, the sick weirdo, oh, he is gets even, even more graphic. As I, well, the, that
2: that's a real. It actually happened to him. Yeah, in real life. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, yes. that's a real story. He
0: was he was very very clear to emphasize that that leech was on his right testicle. Oh, <laughs> oh <laughs> man. I, wait, is that <laughs> part real? Uh, I don't. I could. One can only. One oh, can only. Oh my god! This. I mean,
2: dude. I. I that's, I can't yeah that's a horror scene I'm, I'm, yeah that, I'm, that is horror I'm cringing just thinking about it it really that scene has traumatized me mm. it's a, it really has that scene I just I watch it and every time they pull the leech off like I like
1: felt it me too like every just, single time They look so real too yes like, they did such a good job of like reacting to one and they yeah. weren't just letting them like fall off
0: and there was, it looks so real <sighs> that there was for a while movie folklore that they used the actually real leashes, which is not true. It was no, there's
2: a scene where, where one of them has them on his back and, and there's like, the more on your back! And I, I just, the feeling of oh, like, get them off of me! Like, right. oh, it's the worst. I mean, it's 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 the least rewatchable scene in the movie, like by yeah. far.
0: And and like the pie scene was another one that I absolutely remembered from a youth watching because you just can't forget. I Incredibly.
2: remember I remember it making me feel sick watching that. Really? First, actually, <laughs> yeah, when I was young, sure. That's what now,
0: guess. do either of you have any experiences with leeches, or have you ever got a leech on you? Or I like air conditioning. So no,pe. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, think
2: I, I think I've had. I think so. When I was young, but this movie had more of an effect on me than the real thing. I <laughs> yeah. I, I, yeah, I don't. I can't grew up. Say... I grew up in the country. I grew up in a pretty small area, so like a small town and stuff. So we had a lot of like rural mm-hmm. woods and swampy stuff. So I think maybe I had a little one on my like foot or something once, yeah. but nothing like that. I mean, Jesus. I mean, they were used as medicine at points in time by freebie yeah, oh yeah. French, Dude, probably w- Henri. Whatever, <laughs> it whatever it is, whatever it is, let it kill me. But don't do not put a leech on me. Like. <laughs> I, they also, by the way, Game of Thrones does a kind of a callback to it. There's a scene where they they put it up. Uh, they put a leech on the guy's member. Oh God! Yeah. Oh, you? Yes. I've never seen Game of Thrones. Yes. There's it's a scene where there's me. a witch that needs the blood of this guy, so she puts a leech on his privates. She can't put and, it on his arm. I mean, it's based. I guess the privates are where the blood is. Uh, so it, it has it was a callback to that clearly. Oh, uh, and it's it's equally cringy. So they used rubber leeches, right? And rubber cement. And then when they pulled them off, they left they left skin irritations, and the, the, all those kids after the scene after the day was over went to a water park and were not allowed into the water park because they thought they had they had a skin disease like a rash or some sort of. Transmittable disease. Wow! Um, it's, it's because up, of the plus chaos around.
0: Yeah. Another scene that comes up soon after that is is a scene where Gordy's by the train tracks, right? I think and it's sees, right after. Sees yeah, the deer. Yeah, yeah. Amazing scene. Yeah. So yeah, I wanted to first. ask you guys, you know, what did you make of that scene? Because it's it's a bigger deal in the book, and it it it's kind That's of true. it's kind of oddly placed in this one. And I I do like how. There's an ambiguity to it, and, and they don't, they don't have Richard Dreyfus hop in and fully explain. They do; he does he pop I never about talked about it. Never talked about him, it, but they don't. Yeah, he doesn't say why. What did you guys take from it? And then I'll go into a little bit about what's what's in the book.
2: For me, it just they were. I think they were trying to bookend the, the difficulty in their lives and the the community, their families, the darkness that they're dealing with. But that there's also beauty in the world, and like this whole other, this whole other world that they have access to that that is beautiful, and there's light. There's mm. there's something there's something else in life besides the darkness that they're dealing with. That's that's what I got from yeah. it. Yeah. But I again, you read the book, so they might go into more detail. That's what I got. From
0: yeah, it. that's. I think that's per, That is pretty well said. You know, life outside that little yeah. community there. That's, and uh, Joe, what, what do you think?
2: Yeah, I
1: took it the same that even their like adventure is dark. Like they're going yeah. to find a dead body of a kid. That right. the the whole world is these like three other guys, but that outside of it, like you're saying, yeah, like very more, much on the same.
2: There's more to just their little life and their little stupid. And cow, there's peace. You know, there there's, can be peace if you go at right. if you look past. That's like right. there can be something different.
1: There can be something. Right. That there can be a connection a positive mm. connection not that and the connection with the other with boys is awesome yeah. but that there's something bigger
2: yeah
0: yeah that's that's cool and um i i do want to, want to read a little passage from the book it's actually the first paragraph of uh, the novella and w- when that when that scene pops up cuz they don't necessarily explain exactly what it means but it, it, why they, it's
2: why it's important
0: yeah they just kind of go into the depth of of how it's important okay. not necessarily why what what gordy basically says i mean the, this what what dreyfus says there is in the book verbatim okay but he goes into a little more depth in saying that when i think about that trip when i think about that journey with my friends the first place i go is that deer okay and when i was in vietnam and I needed to think about home. I thought about the deer. And my, when my mom was dying of cancer and I was in the bed next to her, I thought about that deer. So that's kind of what he says okay. there. And more or less how there's, there's some things that you can't put into words and that you can't describe to, to another person. And, and because the words don't do, don't do them justice. So the, and this is the first paragraph of the book. And then when the deer scene happens, they kind of call back to that first paragraph. So... The most important things are the hardest things to say. They are the things that you get ashamed of because words diminish them. Words shrink things that seemed limitless when they were in your head to no more than living size when they're brought out. But it's more than that, isn't it? The most important things lie too close to wherever your secret heart is buried. Like landmarks to a treasure your enemies would love to steal away. And you may make revelations that cost you dearly only to have people look at you in a funny way, not understanding what you've said at all, or why you thought it was so important that you almost cried while you were saying it. That's the worst, I think. When the secret stays locked within, not for want of a teller, but for want of an understanding ear. So, I mean, it's a, a very worded way to start a novel and, and, and <laughs> when the reader doesn't know where you're going with it. But it is, it is an interesting kind of thought of how we all have our own experiences. And we all have our own little sections of our lives that we can't necessarily explain why they're so important to us or why a memory comes back to us in a certain way. Right. And sometimes we can share that with others and sometimes we can't. And I think, you know, both of you guys kind of said it brilliantly. It was his moment of, of seeing that there's life outside his small community, his small group of friends, even humanity in itself—that out in the more world, of the world. Is, yeah, there's... more of the world
1: than than and what he has internally. Especially when you're 13, like when something happens. When you're 37, it might be a little bit easier to reflect on. But you, when you're 12 or 13, it's it's emotion. Like yeah. you're not realizing that this means that, like yes, and then why? When he's in Vietnam, is he able to go back to that as his mm-hmm. safe place? Like. Can't put that into words when you're 12 or 13, but it means something huge, and that's fantastic.
2: Yeah, you can't always understand exactly why something's imprinted in your memory, or like like it is. Sometimes you just it's hard to put uh, to understand exactly. Some some things you're like, why do I? Why is that so important to me? You know, it's like. Yeah, know. But, I, I think that's why he never really expressed it to anybody. He says it in the movie, like, yeah, there never... isn't,
0: there isn't, an, there isn't an ear out there that would want to hear it the right. way that I want to say it. Right. You know, it's
2: and there's things, and I think you know, it's happened to me where
1: I've told, like, oh, this happened, and just kind of get a look and it's like, am yeah. I not explaining it right? Or is it just yeah. because, you know, when no, you... No, you had to be there. It's not... Well, it's not... Exactly. It, but it's
2: you, not going to hit them like it hit you. Right. It's not...
0: Yeah. It didn't
1: happen to them. You right. Know, right. right. Like 7 a.m. on an adventure with your three best friends leaving your abusive and neglectful parents and you see this prof... This deer come up to you that you've never seen be- and now... Yeah. That's profound. When you meet your wife and when you're 23, oh, yeah, no, I saw this deer when me and... After the leeches ate my
2: dick. <laughs> <laughs> I also, by the way, deer aren't profound to me in any way. We have a lot of them around here. Like, uh, mm. uh, if you go to Fire Island, you'll I mean, like trip, trip, trip over them. Like yeah, they're everywhere. everywhere. I saw one two and blocks
0: away from my house the other night.
2: And they're filthy, yeah. filthy animals. I mean, they're, they're <laughs> ticks and all sorts of disgusting things.
0: Oh, so. Lyme disease is a real real problem out here. Oh, yeah. No. Actually, you don't choose. Yeah.
2: Oh, I know. Yeah. I, I tell my daughter, stay away from the tall grass, man. Yep. You got it. Ticks. Em.
1: Listen, if I if I'm golfing out out east and there's tall grass, my ball goes in there. That's a lost ball.
0: Another Stephen King novella, by the way, Tall Grass. Oh, there there we go. See, full circle, boys. That's it. So
2: yeah, you stay away from leeches and deer. So things be then they'll they'll give you ticks. Creatures. That's right. So more things that will eat you. More (laughs) parasites for
0: you. Let's talk about the the conclusion of this thing here. They finally get to where they're where they're going here along the tracks, and they find the not so hidden boy. Um, I want to say though the the tracks where they they find it what a what a cool and scenic train ride that must awesome. be i mean those yeah. those um the the woods are really growing in on those tracks there i mean yeah. we really like like going through a, a safari you probably really feel it yeah, well, I don't, yeah,
2: it didn't strike. They don't strike me as commuter trains. They're they're more like uh, you know hauling trains. Yeah. So the guy looking at it, is, it is,
0: is well over the scenery. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but there could be some train
1: hoppers. You know, some vagrants. That's right. Who are just enjoying back the scenery. Pee sure, yeah. P.B.
0: Herman could be in the boxcar yeah. in the back singing "Jimmy Cracklin."
1: Exactly. I read a story a couple of years ago about these, you know, these like modern train hoppers, and that's what I was thinking of, like guys who just,
2: you know, just going up the coast trying to find uh, some work. It's it's not a good thing to do anymore. Like they they crack down on it. Well, it's also like <laughs> you get. I think it's like a felony, dude. Like, it's yes, just not geez. good. Yeah. But
1: it's also, I think, as as a I I think it was made a felony because of how dangerous it was to, like, <laughs> encourage people just to get arrested and not killed.
2: Yeah, you, you, you end up, uh, uh, like, uh, what's his name from Family Guy? Uh, the guy. The Joe with the, <laughs> Joe with <laughs> the <laughs> legs. <laughs> <laughs> On my legs! Oh, my God.
0: Um, so let's just talk about this last little showdown here between um, Ace Merrill and, and the boys. Old Jack Bowers got his knife and. Uh, the boy's got a gun. How did you like how they, how they get to this thing?
2: I'm gonna, this is where I'm we nit- saved the nitpicks
0: for the yeah. nitpick section. Uh, okay. So we saved the nitpicks.
2: Listen, it, it's also, I think a classic scene for sure. Mm. Uh, the, uh, the dime store hood line is, yep. is really classic. And
0: uh, I, 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 great line delivery too. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I love that. They decide that, listen, nobody's getting, nobody's, nobody's coming out of this with what they want. Right. They're, we're going to leave him. We're going to call in. And I, I, I think that's absolutely the right way for this to have ended.
0: Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It, it definitely puts a bow on this thing thematically yes. about it being about... <laughs> About getting this kid found, not about exactly. who's going to get the credit well, for and it. They re- who's in the It newspapers. takes the
2: trip and the experience to get them to that point. Right. Because mm-hmm. the beginning, they want the glory. Oh, they They want the, the Positive attention. adult attention. Mm. Right. Mm. But they realize it's not about them. Right. It's uh, about the boy. Uh, well, they say it earlier in the movies. Uh, He's like, you know, maybe this shouldn't be fun. Right. Yeah. You know, yeah. Great, great. This really is a
1: really good point. Yeah, it's yeah. not
2: about us. They start to realize that as they go on the experience. Yeah. So. This also has
1: two of my favorite lines. When one ace is like, well, "What are you going to shoot all of us?" and Gordo just yeah. Gordo just says like, "No, just you, Ace." That's yeah. a really
2: badass line. Yeah, sure. yeah,
1: great line. Yeah. But it also has when you know when Keith when Ace's crew leaves and Chris looks at him and he's like, "I told you I have a fat one." That makes me laugh every time. It's <laughs> yeah. just like them just going back into like. It's like being friends.
0: Yeah, and it keeps that that going throughout the whole movie. Exactly. As they, as they. So a couple a, a couple switches. The the book is pr- it's pretty faithful to the the okay. the adaptation pretty faithful. Book. Couple switches in the book. It's Chris who has the gun and holds the gun to Ace. Oh, really? Yes. They flip flop that, that. Kind in of
2: movie. makes more. Kind of almost would make more sense.
0: Yes, why, I
2: agree. You know what I mean? Like, why would Gordy have the gun? Like, yeah. he's not really equipped to. Chris is more like worldly. It seems, yeah, like, a little more bent through a little bit. I more. like that it was
1: Gordy better after the whole camping scene when they were talking kind of about how they're, what the expectations of them are in the world that Chris would be expected. I like that they went Gordy because
2: that subverts the expectation. I guess
0: they they're thinking it's Gordy's story. Chris always right. kind of made a little more sense to me. Yeah, me too. Yeah,
2: yeah. But I, I do. Yeah, it's it's. Rod Reiner wanted it to be about Gordy. Right, centers yeah. around Gordy. It's so it has Gordy, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: I get that. Uh, the other big change is the fate of the kids is that none of them live to their 30s other than Gordy. You know, really? The other, yeah, the other oh, two. Shit. In the book? In the book, yeah. All, all three pass away. Oh, wow. Um, I think Vern dies in like a fire or something, okay. like an apartment fire. Does he and, have the kids uh, still or no? Was it? No, no. None of the, no, the, all, all three of them.
2: Does he die. marry Rebecca Romaine?
0: Uh no, <laughs> he doesn't.
2: So Vern gets that's mar- a horrible. For, that's yeah. a horrible. Ending.
1: So after high school, Vern gets married, has four kids, forklift operator. None of those things just dies in a fire.
0: No, yeah, they both all all of them died. None of them make it to their thirties, except for wow. except for okay. Gordy. Okay. Yeah.
2: Can can I I ask a question? Okay, so clearly some of them seem like they're like kind of on the wrong side of the tracks, the family wise. Mm-hmm. uh Gordy doesn't seem that way. Vern also doesn't. They don't give that vibe necessarily until the end that he's kind of like like a problem kid or any, or any Yeah, I think seem, just think working seems kind of class families. Yeah, I think right, so. Maybe just like you, you know, I don't that, think
1: he's a problem. I think he's just this is he's not particularly intelligent. Where he's going into the college classes, he's going into right. the shop classes. Like yeah, he's just kind of a dopey,
0: you know, dopey, right? Dopey, dopey like he's drunk. gonna. All right.
1: Like he's gonna have a good job, he'll have a good career, but that just is what it is.
2: Right, right, right. He was—he's not a, like an intellectual like Gordy. Clearly, right. he's not has, a bad like, kid. He's not causing
1: problems. Yeah, he's like, just not too bright.
2: Right, like yeah. he's gonna be
0: a guy still who gets a job out his-
1: of high school and works that job forever. Does really well at it, but it's not gonna be—he's not
0: gonna be your union head. Yeah, he's still looking for his right. pennies. Right. right. Yeah, <laughs> Chris and Gordy
2: penny. are the only ones of the group that really like wax poetic about their their emotions, or right? They—they seem a little more. Um, um, in tune to like their, they, they're their aware feelings. of a bigger world. Yeah, they're where, Yeah, right. Exactly.
0: With yeah, I think right. even the dad says he's like you got the two dopes and the thief. Right. You know? So he exactly. doesn't like he's not saying that Chris isn't a bright kid. He's just a troubled kid. And right. the other two yeah. are just... probably
1: books. everybody knows Chris is a lot smarter than anyone's going to give him credit for. But we're going to focus on the fact that he's a thief with you know an eyeball. Chambers is his brother. <laughs> an
0: eyeball. And then of course you have the final line, the famous line I mean, that is, I love that it's not spoken. Yes, me too. By uh by Richard Dreyfus, that one is just what a it's just typed out. Yeah. The um the uh, I never had as good a friends as I as I did when I was twelve, you know, Jesus is anybody. Classic, yeah, yeah, classic it's boy, it's just
1: great. Like fantastic line. And
0: it. pulled from the center of the story. And pulled. Oh, really? Yes. Yeah, another Oh wow, great, 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 choice. Work. I love yeah.
1: that. I just love that sentiment and that thought and just like I'll be completely honest, I watched this movie two nights ago and I was thinking about like, you know, Going into eighth grade, going into high school, like, those summers and shit. Like, that's what I'm thinking about.
0: It is such a transitional time of life. It's it's such a hard, it can be such a hard time to be a kid. Socially. But it's also
1: easy in a way. Like, it is
0: easy and hard. It's it's, right. it's, it's looking
1: back.
2: You're looking back at it. Right. Thinking it's yeah, easy. while exactly. you're in it,
0: you know, it's, it's getting, it's so yeah, everything's going on with yourself chemically, too. It's like, you know, you know your body's changing, you're socially right. changing, you're, you know, you're heading toward high school. Right. It's a, it's an interesting time. Yeah. And it's
1: like what matters it's like there's a big difference in what actually matters versus what you think should matter so yes. you focus yes. and your friends are the most important things in the world like you don't sure. want to mm-hmm. go to your cousin's birthday because your friends are going to play basketball that night like yes. and that's always the most important thing sure yeah and i think that's just such a true sentiment well
2: my, my wife says this she works with kids she's you know she's in the mental health field and and you know kids are extremely egocentric you know, of they're, 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 it's all, the only thing in the world that's happening is happening to them mm-hmm. You know, so. it's, the, it's the theater it's there on the yeah. it's
0: there on the mm-hmm. stage it's
2: their stage everybody's watching
0: yeah. them yeah okay guys so I think it's time uh, should we enter the old nitpick zone we
1: gotta
0: get our theme coming we gotta get it ready we even get Vern himself nitpicks a little bit here he's wondering if Lardes had to pay to get into the competition oh he's got God. his own nitpick um, so before we Get into this. Can I ask you guys, what is Goofy? He's a dog. Right? Oh my god! <laughs> I watch this again, and I'm like literally because
2: like now I have a young kid, and right. I, I watch this stuff. Like, oh God, I don't know what he is. Like, he's not anything. Our, in, he?
0: in the Disney's world? I guess there's some dogs that talk, right? And some that don't. Some he that are like pets. Dog, and... though. I always thought he was. He's got a long
2: nose, right? There Unlong was a,
0: there was a long standing rumor that he was a cow. But he, I did some googling, and it does appear that he's a dog. Yeah, I always thought he was a dog. Wow. What is he? Some sense. kind of mutant dog that talks? So, why dog. is Pluto? Why doesn't Pluto talk? Is the, is the odd? Because Pluto is the forklift operator. <laughs> 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 he's the Vern of the, of the dogs. A, uh, yeah, so uh, odd. Goofy is, is an odd, is an yeah. odd addition yeah. to that little world there.
1: Yeah, those dog. But I did love that scene, they like going back and forth
0: uh, pre that '70s show. Yeah, yeah, yes, and I love the final. Wait a minute, what is Goofy? <laughs> I, like, just I gotta say too. I gotta ask you guys also. Were you aware that Mickey Mouse had a, had an, an evil nemesis named Mortimer Mouse?
1: Did not know that was a thing. Who was like a rat? Oh,
0: yeah, Mortimer Mouse. Google it's like a creepy, Wario. Is he, uh... Yes, it's like a Wario. Yeah, was really? he really? like a
2: like a Nazi kind of? Because like they did a lot of Nazi stuff. A lot stuff of Nazis. He might have dabbled.
0: He might yeah, have dabbled yeah. in. I bet you in, he was a Nazi. Yeah, he could have been. Very creepy looking, though. Uh Yeah, they they wrote him right. You ever see those there. early Mickey Mouse yeah, shows show with
2: the, the the German, the German, <laughs> the wolf? Yeah, yeah. The big, like, dude. It's it's like yeah. clearly. Oh, what a wait,
0: wait, wait. Yeah, it's Mortimer Mouse there. Chris is getting his first look at him here. Hmm. Very creepy.
2: Yeah. Was he still in underwear in this one? That's it, weird. It feels. Dude, that's a weird duck one. Feels fucked up. Yeah, there might but be some
0: anti. semitism There are some hard anti-Semitism going on here. Yeah, I, th- I, think, I think. Wow,
1: <laughs> this is like no wonder this got written out. This isn't even. Some think, of these pictures aren't subtle. I think portrayed I as an arrogant, lecherous yet charismatic shyster. Mm.
0: Mm. Uh, I will say in the in the Dane Cook movie, My Best Friend's Girl, he's wearing a Mortimer Mouse shirt. Really? Yes, that's yes. really fun. A little deep track there for you. Never okay, then the this. the nitpick zone. The nitpick zone. Chris, I'm going to let you go first here because I think you probably want to hit one of the bigger ones here.
2: I'm going to hit the, on the biggest one, and I'm sure you guys have it with you. Like, it's the end. Mm-hmm. The scene where they find the body. Kiefer and his boys come, puts the gun on him. It's like, get out of here. You're getting out of here. I mean, those kids are dead at some <laughs> point, right? Like, right. Like, there's no yeah. way. They live in a small town... That guy's a sociopath. Like they're yeah. not making it to going, lunch. He's going to kill you. They're afterwards. not making it to lunch yeah. on Sunday. Yes, hundred percent. Right. Like that's a kind of a I mean, family, family guy, guy calls it out. Calls yeah. it out. Like they're like yeah. it's, this is a major plot hole. Like yeah, just that that's bad. It's it's a bad one.
0: Yeah, it, it it is again addressed in the book. They do get their come up. Each one of them gets. Oh, they do. individually sought out and the shit beaten and, out of them. Yeah, but that's it. Don't yeah, you think he's he like they just get beaten up real hey, bad?
2: His the picture Kiefer's depiction We
0: yeah, suggests he's going to murder. Probably, these kids. yeah.
2: He might be. I think he's just intensive but I, that's
0: that was my biggest. Especially probably. the gun. Gordy's dead. Yeah, yeah.
2: So that, like he held a gun
0: to him. Yeah, right. That's a guy like Ace is not. I mean, this is the guy who just played chicken heads up right. with the, with the truck I mean. from Final Destination Two.
2: There's <laughs> no. There's no level of self preservation. For yeah, for Ace. Like, right. Yeah. He does not give a fuck. Right? Yeah, Ace so, knows he's going to be
1: in prison either in five years or point. eight years. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah.
2: Like he's he's going after you. Like right. he even says it, he's like this is big time. Like I'm not going to let this go. Yeah, big time.
1: You know? I love what he the big time
2: line delivery. All time line yeah, delivery. Yeah, that is great. Yeah. I mean, he's he's really great. I, I love. him, I'm a big fan. He's great. In this
0: entire movie. He's fantastic. 100%, yeah. Yeah. Ace Merrill reappears in a later Stephen King novel to Needful Things. Yes. Kind of comes back a A bunch of joke. the
2: characters are also in other... They pop in the yeah. yeah. Joe, what do you got? I mean, the body wasn't hidden.
1: This is this well-known fishing <laughs> haunt that, like, Teddy's been to with his dad all these times. Um, they all kind of know it. And the, it's not like the bodies... Yeah. The current didn't take this body and put it in this preserve under... A, it's literally just there. They like,
2: do explain that slightly, that they... Where, they, where he should have been. Yes. He, he, had, he had walked farther right. than people thought. So he's in a different town, a different area. Yes. And they weren't investigating that area.
1: But okay. it seemed like, they made it seem like this, Somebody was, a, would have found it that this was a fishing thing. It's not like, while well, that's not where they were looking for him. I understand that part, that they weren't looking, like that's where, it, not where the investigation was. But the body was just out there.
2: How long was he missing?
0: A week yeah, or so. A couple so. days. It uh, you
1: know,
2: shouldn't have been good. that long either because he didn't look that bad. Like, you know, for being technical.
0: I know. I was wondering if one of us was going to go here with this. Oh, I'm I going mean, there. He was hit by a train and he's been He would have been pieces. I don't, yeah. Well, what if he was just clipped? You would explode. You'd... I don't think you would. If you were just clipped, you could still die. But would you get thrown that far? Would you get your, the heads knocked off of you as they say? Right.
1: I think yeah, if your kids are knocked true. off of you, your arm's going a different way. And just way being
0: out did. in the wilderness that long alone, right. it's probably not... I mean, listen, we don't need a mutilated body in this movie. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, 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 like Teddy's no, like coyotes and right, wolves yeah. or whatever. <laughs> I, I think that it's serviced but what the movie needs yes, to And we've also... Having, this
1: yeah. This was a cargo train. This wasn't a commuter train. Yeah, this thing was not just giver. hauling ass.
2: Yeah, it, it, You think it was, and I
1: think it was just a big diesel monster that would have.
0: It was pretty overgrown though. That area was pretty overgrown. I don't know that it would have been booking. I I think he would have a lot
2: more than a cut
1: down his forehead.
2: Yeah, yeah, Yeah. fair enough. But I think right, like there's only so much. It is kind of a wholesome movie, sort
1: of. Yeah, no, I'm
0: fine with it. Yeah, I was. I wasn't
1: going to bring this up as a nitpick. That wasn't when.
0: Yeah, when I. Saw this, you know, a couple years ago. After having not really seen it but I was kind of surprised that they even showed the body. Like I, I was kind of expecting them to just maybe show its mm-hmm. feet or I something. Think, I, I think it worked that they showed. I like that the yeah. family guy where they just like poke him with a Meg. stick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's Meg. <laughs> <They> poke <laughs> her with a stick. And it's yeah. just like, <laughs> oh god, <laughs> it's horrifying. It's Meg. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna go next here. Okay, what are the rules to mailbox baseball?
2: Oh, my God. What game were they playing? How did the we inning... We the game. We're
0: only on inning three. It won't end an official game. But what is... What, the rules. what constitutes an inning? What... Like, he, he... He hits the one off, and then he hits another one, and it explodes, and he goes, Damn! I'm out! And they say, You should have picked a metal one. Oh, I know why. So, okay.
2: Because it's got to be mail in it. If they hit it, and there's mail in it, that's a hit.
0: But why would a metal one... Why does he oh. say you should have picked a metal one? Well, that's weird. That might just be a... So I think maybe you have to knock it off, but not have it explode? Oh, oh, maybe you just have to knock it off. Right.
2: You have to knock it off the post clean. Right. like that.
0: But then he knocks one off the post clean, and he goes, ah, damn, a foul ball. So I can't figure oh, out fucking how this weird. Yeah, I can't yeah, figure yeah. out how do yeah, really I, I did that. some
1: Googling, <laughs> and I'm even trying to get now different ways, and I, I have no
0: Is this idea. an actual game with rules, or are you just going around smashing people's This might property?
1: be a local game.
2: Like, you know, in in
0: Castle Rock. I'm I'm pretty good with these made-up games and rules and picking up nuances here. I can't figure this one out for the life. I'm also
2: convinced that this community probably doesn't give a fuck a lot about kids being, like, harassed or bullied or murdered by a train. But definitely care about their mailbox being bashed off. (laughs) The cops are involved in that, for sure.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, eleven 1, hundred people in this town. You probably can't get a ton of mailbox baseball, no, no, in, right? I mean, like
2: it's probably it's pretty limited. Like, there's
0: not a Home Depot. There's
2: not a yeah. mailbox, etc. You pick the wrong mailbox, and some guy with a shotgun's coming out and blasting you, <laughs> or sure. some guy fucking putting the whole thing down in cement to really get you. Yeah. Okay, my I, I have another nitpick. Uh, it's gun related. Okay. These twelve-year-olds have a pretty substantial firearm. They do. One of them is shooting themselves or one of their friends. No question. I mean, uh, Chris, um, Chris almost doesn't, right? There's yeah. There's no way. They're all handling this gun at some point.
0: Had I not read the source material, I would have thought that that was going to be the conclusion, is that someone's going to accidentally blow their head oh, off or something yeah, like that.
2: Cle- I mean, dude, they're not even remotely trained or, or careful with this weapon. No. Like, <laughs> it's, it's bad
0: especially Vern when he's doing guard duty. I would right. never give a gun to, no. to Vern. You kidding me? Vern, you're going you're gonna to stay yeah. awake and just wake us up if there's problems. He like,
2: has ADD like <laughs> crazy. Like, he like really I'm cool. does. I'm
0: okay with Chris having a gun.
2: Chris is probably the only one. It Teddy would love he's... it too much. Teddy would have
1: a, yeah, just a gunner. Yeah, Teddy's. Gun boner. Gonna, yeah, yeah, Teddy's uh, we're gonna run out of
0: gun shells here with right. Teddy in there. Yeah. Vern is the least no. person. Vern, to almost, Vern, Vern, Vern hears an owl hoot and almost starts firing off shots. Right.
2: Teddy snores. He's getting shot in the fucking
0: face. <laughs> okay.
2: I, but I, I really don't have much else. Like, <sighs> I
0: have. I have. Some. I can
2: suspend some this. Yeah, some
0: I'm actually time. all right with everything else. Really, I have a couple more. I okay. I, I don't want. To nitpick a 12-year-old's short story. But I'm gonna... Oh. So... Okay, Lardass has this scheme where he's drinking the castor oil and then an oh. egg. For some the full very egg, growth. which on I mean, the ground. Would he not throw up immediately, which is just kind of one. Yeah. I don't know how castor oil works, so I'm not going crazy on that one. Yeah. Ugh. Why are the people in the crowd throwing up blueberries? Like, I get oh, why. Oh, hear it. <laughs> I thought that. Shit. I, I get put why that the down. contestants are throwing up blueberries. Was it a blueberry was, festival? It
2: was a pie <clears throat> eating, it was a pie making contest. And then a pie eating. Some of them are just all houses. So, so they're all houses.
0: Every single person in the town has blue colored puke. Yeah, like, yeah. like I, they're. I, I get like people who just ate. It's ate a kid story.
2: Shit, Karen. I, I totally <laughs> thought that during the movie. too. I did not. I was I like, I should have like, written it down. I just thought about a kid story, and it just all worked. No, together. no, I I was like, why are they all? They're all puking blueberries. Every single one of them. I guess that the, the thought is they've been all eating. They've, they've been all. Eggs. It's a blueberry pie festival. So that's yeah. what they've been doing. Well, yeah, I can, um, but um, no, no, it's a. It says pie. Baking contest? What are they all blueberry pies? Like, oh, there's no apple, like no I don't know, maybe that's pumpkin, thing. blueberry, blueberry Pacific Northwest.
0: Yeah. Uh, uh, listen, here. I'm I'm willing to have some flexibility with the kid telling the story. Like, for instance, like a group of adults chanting "lardass" <laughs> the kid. But, like, if it doesn't bother me in Step Brothers, it can't bother right. me here because that's you know. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that the the everybody having blueberry puke was that's kind good, of that's yeah, a good yeah, one, yeah.
2: here. That's a real good one. Yeah, I um, thought that
0: too. Okay. We we really talked up and high-fived about the train scene. I I don't think that we can let this go by cleanly, though. How fast is this train going? Because at one point, we get the shot of the two kids on the bridge. They're clearly running faster than the train. This is two sixth-grade kids. move On the screen, it shows the train moving, and it shows the kids running, and they are clearly moving faster than the train is yeah. moving. Like, no, they're dead. Yeah, I mean, For based sure. on that distance from where they are and how oh, much further they have to go,
2: hundred percent. Oh, they're 100%. squished.
0: They were in the middle, or they're I mean,
2: jumping off the. I think I don't think you you get hit by the train. No, I, I think, think you jump off. I think you jump, you jump off and you fall. Yeah, and you yeah. fall. And you
1: fall and you like fall. I think Gordy could survive that fall. Vern is taking that as a belly flop and is exploding. <laughs> like Gordy's gonna Jesus. go in like a pin drop. He might he might struggle, but I think he'll be all right. Yeah, and, yeah, it, yeah, definitely. No, hundred
0: no, percent,
2: no question.
0: Chris, you debunked. I was going to ignore that. You debunked this a little bit, but I do want to bring it up. And we just had this whole debate as to whether or not we're going to cross this thing, and how if a train comes, we're screwed. We have nowhere to yeah. go. We can jump yeah. hundred feet. In the in in the book, they even kind of talk a little more about well, we can hang, like we'll just uh, hang on the side when the train goes by. And like you don't know how long and, they, and Chris goes, you don't know how long this train is. You're going to hang there for five, ten minutes. You're right. going to fall. Okay, so they have the whole debate, they have the fight over it, and they're going, <sighs> can we walk with like a little bit of pep in our step? Like we've just discussed the consequences here. That's we right. know the stakes, and yes, I get it, like the like it's high up and you took but like how about a little bit of urgency well, here? Chris just is, a little Chris, bit.
2: Chris and Teddy have pep in their step. Yeah, they're moving. They're moving. They I think the idea is uh and it's unsaid in the movie, but Gordy has vertigo yeah, issues. Right. And and Burn is Burn so terrified. Is he's fucking, calling. Yeah. Crawling on his hands and knees. Yeah. Like like I, I think th- well, cause I, and also I get why he is because if he stands up, you dude you get disoriented. Like I I, I totally What you have to do is you have to stare straight ahead. Pick a point. Yeah. Pick a point, stare straight ahead, and just be sure in your steps and just go. Like and they the two other guys do it the right way yeah. and the other two ding dongs do it the wrong way. Yeah. And they get ding stuck.
0: Dongs. <laughs> I do love the cone. His, his <laughs> poor comb, fucking comb, uh, you idiot! You deserve uh, the fucking. Knock. It's no. Hilarious. no, you uh, you don't even have any hair. I brought the comb for you
2: guys. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's sweet.
1: I was going back to um after the chicken scene, um the use of cock knocker. Oh as yes, an <laughs> the, all awesome. time, all fucking oh, time.
2: I dude, I I stuck out to me. I'm like, oh man, like that that setup. Five years of Beavis and ButtHead and yeah. shit, like, when, <laughs> dude, because where else do you hear cockknocker? I, mean, I don't think I've ever heard it in any
1: other movie. Like he th- he threw that out there. I fucking loved it so much. Like, now, Kieran, is so that effective.
2: is that in the novella uh, Cockknocker?
0: I a lot of the vulgarity is like it's a, it's a pretty graphic. <laughs> it
2: it kind of sounds like a Stephen King esque yeah. like
0: Yes, insult. It does. It does. Cockknocker. Okay, I think we recapped those uh, those nit- nitpicks pretty good. Let's do the awards. Time for the awards. Cool. Okay, and we'll start with MVP. Joey, want to get us started here? MVP of Stand By Me. Chris, River Phoenix. I thought he was really fantastic. And I think he
1: carried everything. I think he was versatile, and I think it worked. And I think I really just loved his and Gordy's relationships. You know, their relationship at one point was my MVP, but um, overall, I just went River Phoenix and Chris. Thought it was
2: excellent.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, Chris?
2: it's Rod Reiner for me. I feel mm. like none of this comes together without him. He, he the, ch- the decisions he makes, changes he makes to the script. I think that even the title I, I mm-hmm. think is, is part of it. What, for my research, what he how he handled the kids and the cast, I, I don't think and it seems as if because he was an actor, um, he was able to um, deal with the kids in a certain way where he got the most out of them. And I don't know if a lot of other people could have. I just don't think it, it comes out this way without him at all. I so I think he's the number That's great. one for me.
0: Yeah, I mean, listen. You guys just picked the two I was torn between. Right up until recording, was unsure which way I want to go. Because I think those are the two are the two choices to go between. I
2: mean, Feld, I, I, somebody could make an argument for Feldman. I think he's yeah, really good. He is things. really
0: good. Like, he's really good. I like Will We it. I he's like sort of my,
2: He's sort of my favorite... Person in the movie, like
0: I think that the, what what came out of this with with Phoenix is it's hard to when you just look at the actors on screen. I think it, it's kind of just like it's noted that he's won this thing, you know right. that he he was the next budding star. It's so a shame how things worked out. Have you, have you guys seen Running on Empty? No, I have not. I haven't either. You know, that's the one he was nominated for. I haven't seen it. But I, I'm going to ultimately agree with Chris, though. I, I think that Rob Reiner is the winner here. He. He's a um he's an interesting director. He's had a bunch of like almost big hits at award time. You know, movies that are are I mean, a lot of them are remembered really well, whether it's Princess Bride yeah. or oh, yeah. uh, Spinal like Harriet Tap, Harry Met Sally. Oh,
2: Spinal Tap's one of my favorite movies. Dude. like, yeah, yeah it's um, incredible.
0: A Few Good Men, right?
2: Yeah, he's, he's, wow. a uh, yeah,
0: yeah. He's, he's had a bunch that kind of were like right, right there, there and didn't quit. And this one, I really thought, I absolutely thought it should have won Adapted Screenplay. This 5. is he's,
2: his favorite movie he's ever done.
0: Yeah, and I think it's his best. It's awesome. And and I think it should have been nominated for Best Picture. I really, yeah, I really did. It's,
2: it's hard to understand why it wasn't right. At least nominated. Like, yeah. I'm not saying it has a win, but
0: like... It was probably right there. It was probably like a sixth place, right? seventh place type of like deal. Like ten movies it's in. Yeah, it, it, it really should have been in the mix uh, for sure. And I think that this is the number one of, of his of his run, of his career there. So I'm you know, i going to go with MVP Rob Reiner in this one too. But it was very close to picking yeah. River Phoenix. On screen, I think River Phoenix is
2: What what, the what got me with River Phoenix is I, I can't help but watch the performance... And think, damn man! Like, what should have, what could have been? It it kind of dominates my thoughts when I watch his performance. Like, he's so talented. I mean, he's a like, great looking kid, awesome, very talented. Yeah, just like it's such a shame. It man. is a shame. God. Yeah. yeah. And, like, and
0: as we said, these these kid actors is just not a high percentage yeah. of success. Well, I also think
2: that he had a rough uh, upbringing. Yeah, he had yeah, great yeah. like so. cult.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah.
2: and I have to say that Kieran, and I on the way here. We're talking with the Family Guy uh, uh, "Stand by Me," which you should definitely watch. Joey, oh, again. I've seen it many times. No, I'm yeah. saying you should watch it again, though. Oh, I'm gonna watch and it. after it you guys there, there is a very mean thing with River or with Joaquin Phoenix. Yes, and yeah. it's like we were both like, oh, that's yeah, super that's mean. Like,
0: <laughs>
2: it's funny. It's funny, but it's also mean.
0: It's it's very easy for us to look at "Stand by Me" now, and say, oh yeah, I mean that's the, probably the best adaptation from Stephen King's when If you read the novella before this movie came out, I don't think you'd look at it and go, oh, that's going to be an instant classic. That's going to be one. I think it took some vision on Rob Reiner's part to put this thing together and, and to bring that story to life. Because there are some elements of it that are kind of cold and that don't have anywhere near the life that this movie has. So I, I think it was...
2: Uh, the, I, the heart for sure the heart yeah, yeah. it has yeah. the most heart
0: and the music too Is the music, the music is, is, is awesome. great yeah and,
2: yeah. That, yeah. It, it helps build that that whole experience of like like this child Like it brings out a childish nature in me at least when I watch it like uh, I feel like a kid again when I watch it, I yeah. mean, it, it the music is part of that kind of even though I, did, again, I didn't grow up in that time but we all grew up with that music because it right. was still around it was nostalgic you know, like, when we grew up yeah,
0: yakety yak, Joe. Were you? Did you pop when you heard that? We yeah, just I was talked like, about I, I twins. Like, I love that this has
2: now come up
1: three episodes in a row. <laughs> yeah, we Is it really? no.
0: yeah, we had we had two two twins references. I was not ready for the heel and the yakety yak. But um, <laughs> now,
1: if the heel was singing
0: yakety yak, that would have been just uh, would have been disturbing. Okay, so LVP, Joe, you want to lead us off here?
1: Yeah, I think um, the person who brought the least value by far was the worst number two of all time in Eyeball Chambers.
0: Eyeball Chambers. There he is. Also my LVP. I'm going to hop on that Old eyeball.
2: Okay, well, I'm not far off. I just put the cobra. Ooh, the Cobras. <laughs> Ooh, the Cobras. The cobras. The cobras. Ooh. Ooh, you better not mess with the Cobras. Dude, the Cobras don't move. You're messing up <laughs> are messing a terrible t- gang. They're lucky to have Kiefer. He's, a, he's, he's the Tony Soprano yep. of the group. They all suck. They're yeah. terrible. I, I mean, the, the the snake was just an extended S.
0: <laughs> I'm up to the snake part. What is that, a razor blade tattoo? Is it's it... a razor blade oh, tattoo. Oh, yeah. I mean,
2: I mean, the tattoo artist could be also LVP. Uh, not good. <laughs> not great. Yeah. yeah, yeah they, the cobras. The... the cobras in general. They're not... Nobody's... Nobody stands out. Do you know
0: who we're with? We're with the cobras. Ooh. <laughs> the um, eyeball yeah. is
2: the clear number two and eyeball is a failure.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um I have I have eyeball in the mix too as my LBP. But yeah, I think we're all kind of honed <laughs> in on that right spot. That's the right choice there.
2: Um, I did I do have to say that Marshall Bell is a close
0: fucking second to me. <laughs> he's not
2: good. We'll get to that. We'll get to that in the recast, but he's not good. And he's not. and he's not good at in anything. Like
0: You've seen my face, Gordy. No one's ever seen my face. Participation award. Gonna toss a little hardware to someone in Stand by Me. Mine is very upfront and easy and easy to figure out here. I'm gonna I'm gonna toss the uh, the hardware to Kiefer. Uh, I just loved everything he did in this movie. I thought he was brilliant as a, a star in the making uh, for sure. And, and he'd, he'd give us Jack Bauer in the future. So it was just just great, just great performance. Definitely needs definitely needs to be mentioned here. Uh,
2: I got Cusack. He's barely Ooh, in the good thing. call.
0: He's oh, he's, he's in
2: what two scenes? Mm. That's and, probably right. And you're yeah. like every time you're in, oh, like, you're like yeah, John Cusack, awesome. Yeah. He's he's definitely by far the best because he's in it almost the least of anybody in the movie. Because ba- I mean, everything from. matters what he's in. Yeah, he's he's yeah. the most important character that's in it the least. Yeah,
0: yeah. That's uh that's that's really good. That's that's a great yeah, choice, that's great. I don't Joe, really we got?
1: I- I don't really want to follow Chris. <laughs> Sorry. There's really no one else to do. Go. Um, I went, which is a lot, Rob Reiner. But I went casting, like mm. putting this together from Cusack to, um, yeah, you know, Dreyfus yeah. to dude, the it's kids star together, started, dude. Like, like, but they all you work. know every name. Like, you know, there's how many movies have we seen where there's two or three stars, but they don't they have zero chemistry. Like everyone played their role really well and they worked together, except Eyeball. But <laughs> you know the people <laughs> who, eyeball chambers. The Is people who fu- mattered were fucking great and yeah. worked well together. And the kids, like I, I can. If somebody came out and like shit on one of these kids, I think you're just unhappy or just want to start a fight. Or oh no they're, no, they're no, no, yeah, they're okay.
2: yeah. And like I said, uh, even my critique of their, their acting, you at, felt at bad points, critiquing it. <laughs> yeah, because it's not bad. It right. just it, it's it it it's slightly less subtle. And like I said, when it, looking at it from a 2021 perspective, and you see so many things with so many great kid actors, like, it, it, but it was 1986, Kieran said, like, at the time, kid actors weren't acting like this. Like, mm. the, this is great kid acting. Like, it know, really it is. Yeah. Scene of the movie. Well, you already know mine. Mine's a train. I
0: know, also mine. Yeah. Train scene.
1: Mine is uh, Gordy and Chris. When, when Gordy wakes up from the nightmare and Chris is on watch, and they talk about like kind of expectations and perception, how people view them. I love that scene so much. Yeah, That's probably so the much. most
2: important scene. It sets up the, their whole dynamic, and, and really the heart of the movie is that those scenes, right. the, the, you know, those few emotional scenes. So the, the, trains, but the train scene is the one I think it's iconic. Well, it's the one that every, is in everybody's head, right? Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. But for me, I you know I always look for like why do these characters? Yeah, that's igniting do? the
0: themes there, right?
1: Like that—that's always kind of my focus. So for me, it was just so right there thematically.
2: That's the most important yeah. yeah. scene in
0: the movie for sure. Cool. Did you guys have any quotes? Did you pick out a quote? Yeah, I did. I have two. Yeah. Okay, uh, I also have two. So we'll go. Uh, we'll go back and forth here. So what, I guess Joe, you go first. Then we'll go Chris. Then we'll go me. And we'll go. go so my right.
1: first one is very simple. It's just when Vern
2: says, "You guys want to see a dead body." Yeah, there the impetus for everything yeah, we're about to do. Love
0: cool. it, I love it, uh, Chris.
2: Uh, this one I picked because it's kind of personal to me because I, I I've had these experiences. Like uh, I I've I've always said this that you know as you get older, you uh, it's almost like you have more than one life. You have you have you have lives within your life. You know you have portions of your life that you have these people and these people in your life and different people come and go. So this this scene, this quote really uh, hit me. It happens sometimes. Friends come and go out of your life like busboys in a restaurant. Yeah. Mm. And I was really like, oh, that's so true. Isn't you know, it like, true though? Yeah, awesome. there's yeah. there's
0: some people that you talk to every day yeah. because of it's where you work or yeah. it's where you live. That's where right? yep. And then you just 10 years go by and you haven't spoken to the yeah, person. Yeah. You know?
2: And there's some people that, that you keep in touch with and some of them you don't. Right. You know, like, yeah. And there's, just, you know, there's people I think about it like,
1: this person that for one summer was like my, like I was with every yes. day and brought them around the rest of my friends and then just, it just, nothing happened. Yeah. They just moved. life happened. Or just, like they move away or you have,
2: you, whatever happens. Just any million things. But you know, and I think it's kind of the beauty of life too. It's the, awesome. The people come and go. And, and how yeah.
1: important people could be. But I also think it's, that really goes into the quote about, you know,
0: well. Yeah. Th- I mean, I listen, we've had- said. We've said this on and off the air here at this podcast. I mean, this doing this podcast yeah. alone has brought like has brought a group of us together. I That's mean, right. you two guys I've never met I've never met Joe. We, we played, played poker once together. Like, That's right. right. Yeah. 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 I mean, and you know, Artie is someone I've known since the third yeah, grade. But, so he's I mean, kind Grant, of. He's, since yeah. kindergarten. Yeah. And Grant is
2: another person I had not known before we did this. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And Grant is someone who like I was in a band with and was, you know, wrote music with and was super close with. And then some time passed and I. Didn't see Grant for like a couple of years, or maybe right. it's only once a year, like a larger event. Right. And now it's like that, There's not a day goes by that I don't talk to Grant. Like right. we're yeah. we're talking every day, and the group of us are talking on a group every chat day. every day. And yeah, yeah I
2: think this this quote represents what the thematically what the movie is really about is it, one of the things is stages of life. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. How like those kids were important to him at that stage in his life, right? And how things have changed, and how some of them kept in touch, like him right. and Chris, but others of them didn't yeah and then
0: even there's the point where he hasn't talked to Chris in 10 years before right, his right. murder ages yeah. of life
1: but Do it doesn't make
2: those it. moments any less mi-
1: correct right. any less meaningful because they were important then that doesn't right. mean it's oh we not keep t- we don't keep a touchdown that's not a thing right, right. like because like you went to like I mean Kieran went to high school with my wife. Me and Kieran have been yelling at each other about wrestling and sports for fifteen years and hockey. Yeah. That's yeah. how we really became close yeah. and then it way closer with this, so it's just how things develop and
2: evolve. It's a it's a really it's a beautiful way to, to describe how things happen in life naturally.
0: Like yeah, and, and listen, life yeah, life has its way with you. And it's it, there there are moments where you're just gonna be in this place. And then there's other moments where you're going to be thrust somewhere else and where right. you'll meet new people That's or you'll meet someone that you used to know. Yeah, so it's, it's, life it's has great, its way with you. Great, great, it's amazing. amazing. Really, yeah, no. really
1: good line. And just such a good way of putting it yeah. that just yeah. is so effective. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
0: I, have, I have to have kind of a fun one and a, and a deeper one too. So my fun one is from my honorable mention, Ace Merrill, mm. the wonderful Keeper Sutherland line delivery. Of course, I hope I do it justice. Yes, of course. Okay, okay. You've stated your position clearly. Mm. Now I'm going to state mine. Get in the fucking car now. <laughs>
2: yeah, it's great. <laughs> Classic. It's
0: yeah, Stone phase stone too. Yes. Yeah.
2: Very well delivered. Yes. That's just
1: it true is. heel.
0: Yeah. Joe, what was your what was your second? Then my
1: moment? last one is, is is Gordy when he when right after ACS like, "Oh, what are you going to shoot all of us?" He goes, "No ace. Just yeah. you." Amazing. That, that's awesome.
0: One. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah, and mine is right around the time of Chris's and it's uh, as they're returning home. And he, Richard Dreyfus says we'd only been gone two days, but somehow the town seemed different, smaller. Yeah, yeah that's good. Just for, you know, really, really cool. And I yeah. think that Nobody... goes into the deer. Yeah.
2: Nobody yeah. picks the dime store hood.
0: Like, I thought Joey was gonna do I think, that. I think yeah. we all didn't pick it because yeah. all of us thought the other one. I thought Chris was gonna yeah. do that. Yeah. Yeah, cool stuff. <laughs> and no one picked the last one too on the computer. Time machine recast. Here we go. Take anyone from any point. Pick. Any role in the movie to put them in? Let's go, Joey. We know who you're doing because you always recast your LVPs. Motherfucking eyeball. So we got eyeball. So I was thinking <laughs> about
1: who would be a good number two. Someone tough. That's a tough one to recast. I, not... I
0: thought about that and didn't come up with much. So I'm interested it, to see which way. You it go.
1: need to be someone not as powerful or dynamic as Kiefer, but someone who could stand up to him, like stand with him, not stand up to him. Right, stand with stand him. with him. And what would Matt Dillon? Ooh. And I thought
2: about oh, be good. Yeah. Dally In from the, the Outsiders. outsiders. Yeah, dude, yeah. I, I literally knew exactly what we were talking That's about. That's exactly
1: what I was, and I was a little bit more controlled, I thought it would be a fantastic number two, shitty older brother, but would be actually intimidating and not just a clown who was there.
0: Yeah, I like that. Yeah, I awesome. just saw a Matt Dillon movie that I' trying to erase from my brain. Uh, the, the house that Jack built. Good God! I mean, he's oh uh, yeah, he's, you said it was he's wrong. no number two in that one. He's the number one. in Well, that I just one. watched Singles. Um, and uh, really, yeah, I, it's good I love Singles. Uh, he's a, he's a really solid actor, yeah. man. He's like he's kind of yeah. under under. When you said
2: his name, I literally I was that was like popped right in my like he would have died perfect. perfect. Yeah. yeah, it's good.
0: Yeah, it's uh, that that that's a good choice there,
2: uh, Chris. What do you got? All right, so I've decided going forward that when I do these recasts, there's only two actors I'm ever going to recast. <laughs> right? Okay, that's it. I'm done. All right, and I'm going to use one of the two, and you know I'll tell you the other one, which you guys probably already know. Fucking amazing. Okay, so I'm I'm Mr. LeChance, Gordy's mm-hmm. dad is, yes. a, is horrible. I mean, Marshall Bell, I'm sorry, man, <laughs> you're just bad. You should just figure something. Webster out. from Twins. Okay, so I'm going this week. Or this episode with my boy Michael Shannon. He's the dad. He love it. is. He does not understand Gordy. He's upset because his son's dead. He's going full Michael Shannon on him and being. I love it. 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 Should have been you. The whole thing.
0: Absolutely now, crushes that role.
2: Going forward, it will either be him, Michael Shannon, or my guy, who Karen.
0: Uh, I'm, I'm guessing the guy from Zodiac.
2: John Carroll Lynch. Yes. Okay, there you go. <laughs> Either one of those actors should be in every movie ever. Right. And that's the way I, it is. I, this is a very funny game. I camera. don't disagree. I really appreciate it. I know. If I have to re- recast Marty McFly, it's going to be one of those two guys. doesn't matter. Like, Still better than Woody forward. Allen. Yes. Definitely better that's better. what it's going to be. Because they are, they are legends, and you all should watch every movie or every TV show any of them are in. So... Well, wow, okay. John Carolynch Lynch has never once disappointed me, so. Agreed. Michael Shannon is a genius, too. He's
1: fantastic.
0: Both wonderful actors. Okay, so I have a, I'm kind of recasting an obscure role here, but I'm really happy and proud of this one. <laughs> so I am uh, recasting the three-time pie-eating champion.
2: He oh, is, God. Oh, he, whoa, that's ass. Yes. No, not ass. No, Oh, yeah, the the the, the yeah, yeah, the returning champ. Yeah, the returning one, champ. Wow. The one
0: who trips Lardass. <laughs> <Yeah.
2: and laughs> oh my God, and that's And says, obscure.
0: you better not win this one, right. kid. I am recasting him with Vince Vaughn. Ooh. Uh, preferably from Anchorman. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah. Yeah, uh, okay. Ron Burgundy, I hate you with every ounce of my soul. That's when he has so, one arm, though. He's up high. No, even... no, that's Luke Wilson who has the one arm. <laughs> Vince, Vaughn, Vince Vaughn's good with, with okay, Vince Vaughn. Okay. Yes, so I, have, I have him coming in that role. I thought he could add a little extra flair there. I like that. Yeah, Smack-talking lardass tripping, tripping him yes yeah bumps slide right into that that's so. great yeah. that's good <laughs> <laughs> a little cameo. Uh.
2: yeah i mean he's he can play a dick really well so yeah that that works
0: <laughs> okay and uh, lastly we're going to do our recommendations if you watch stand by me what should you do next where should you go next and i do want to say before we do this for this i wish that i picked stand by me in our platoon episode I thought that would have been a great... Oh, okay. I like that. That would have been a great recommend to go after. Well, they all grow up to go feature. to
1: Vietnam, so... <laughs> yeah, there is. There's yeah. some
0: parallels there. And then the same year, they should have been up yeah. against each other in that Best Picture race. That would be so a really good I was thinking that today. I'm like, damn, that would have been... I, I picked Major League yeah, for that one, which, which I was happy with, too. But that, that would have been a really good. Okay, Joseph, you want to go first here? now because you have kind of an interesting little story to tell here. Yeah, so my wife had never seen Stand By Me before. Like, pieces, but
1: never the full thing. So she was excited to watch this one, not... Not like many of the other things I make her watch wear. <laughs> so she watched it, and we watched it, and then the next day we're driving, she's like, I, have, I, I think I have a good recast. I was like, oh, and she told me, and I was like, that's really fucking good. So I want to do hers, and then I'll do mine. Uh, mine's mine's on par with me. <laughs> uh, so hers is um, Now and Then. Oh,
0: Now and Then. Yes. yes.
1: So I thought that was perfect. She was like, it's like the girl's version of this. Yeah. She's like, it just, she's like, I want to watch now and then. So I have a feeling I'll be watching now and then this week.
0: Yeah, that was one of my sister's favorites growing up. So she, right, she that was on all the time. Yeah, I so watched that, it a
1: million times because my sister just always had it on.
0: Yeah. yeah. So I
1: was like, oh, that, that actually really works. That's Christina Ricci. Devin Sawa. Yeah, Devin Sauer too. Yeah.
0: yeah. So,
1: like I thought that was just perfect. And like, they're very good, like partner movies.
0: Yes. Now, yours was a little darker. Mine's darker. (laughs) Now, just for context, you picked, as your recommend for Home Alone, you picked Saw. I did. So, yes. So that's a good (laughs) to give the listeners some context as to how dark this might get.
1: Yes, because Kevin McAllister becomes Jake Saw. (laughs) So I started thinking, I was like, okay, this is a coming-of-age movie, so I wanted to go coming-of-age. But then I was thinking, this is Stephen King. Stephen King really, you know, shining, other things. There's darkness with him. So Mm -hmm. I was like, what is a coming-of-age, dark movie? Have you guys ever seen Raw?
2: Never heard of it. Nope.
0: Never heard
1: of it. Raw is quite dark. Adam, (laughs) our friend from Below Freezing, um, just watched it. And we talked and he was like, oh. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Real quick, it's a vegan goes to a veterinary school. She may or may not become a cannibal. What the fuck, really? It's coming of age. And to cannibalism. It's taking the body to a new uh, level yeah, here. It's a really good movie. It's an uncomfortable movie. Uh, my wife also watched that with me and has completely blocked it out of her memory. When I told her, she was like, oh, I don't think about that movie.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't think about that. That's kind of where I was with the House of Jack, um, I, I do, Since we're on the Joey brand here, did the glass of milk at dinner trigger you while you were? Uh, uh, yes, and I was purposely not talking about it because it's gonna be like five in a, <laughs> a row. But Roasted I was like, potatoes and milk,
1: motherfuckers! <laughs>
0: I was like, this.
1: I was like, this is disgusting. I went on like a whole thing, and then I was like, I didn't even put in my notes. I was like, no, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go an episode without talking about yep. well, disgusting Well, you know, I'm not. Let, I'm, not I'm not letting you get away with it. Do you,
2: do you hate inglorious bastards for that opening scene? I think it sets him up perfectly as the
1: villain for drinking milk. <laughs> like, oh, for
2: drinking he's fucking, milk, he's an adult who drinks milk. He's the fucking
1: villain. I love milk.
2: What are you talking about? Oh, you're know. a villain.
1: <laughs> <maybe>. <laughs> I think that's a perfect scene. Like that's what I think when I see an adult drinking milk, that's I think funky, of right. I oh
0: great. Yeah. That's another category we have the Civil War. Karen, over here. I
2: love Joey's hatred of milk.
0: It's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's something else. Phenomenal. It's like, something we should else.
2: make him do an episode on. Milk,
0: no. <laughs> Milk, with starring Sean Penn. Let's, let's go. That's we gotta do it, dude.
2: And just like, just like, have milk stouts and like just all milk <laughs> oh, The whole God, episode would like just be me like dry milk. milk. Yeah. We have to do it. It'll be, it'll be incredible. Oh my
0: goodness, uh, Chris, you recommend for Stand by Me?
2: All right, this is a bit of a weird one. Okay, uh, recommend because it doesn't directly relate. It just it's a movie that reminds me i get reminded from watching stand by me i get reminded of this movie it's way darker it's a movie called sleepers oh yeah it's a great movie. love sleepers yeah it's a great movie um it kind of partially takes place in like the similar time period maybe a little slightly later but like around that time period um i mean it's got it's star-studded brad pitt um a bunch of other yeah, Brad
0: Renfro. If you're talking about other child stars that didn't things didn't end up great with, he's he's an apt pupil, which yeah, we uh, may be talking about next Thanksgiving. Kevin Bacon. Uh, yeah, Kevin I feel like that was someone's recommendation last Thanksgiving for Shawshank, wasn't it? Oh, maybe it was. might have even have been Chris's. <laughs> <laughs> he's, in the was, th- he's in the Thanksgiving movie.
2: now I'm really telling you, watch the goddamn movie. Yeah, every I, Thanksgiving, really I love sleepers. Uh, I remember, I re-
1: like vividly remember the first time watching that movie because I I watched like. It was something I was with a friend, and they were like, "Oh, we're gonna watch this," and I wasn't interested in it, and
0: it blew my mind. Yeah,
2: yeah, I love I mean, it. Jason Patrick, yeah, 100%, Bob Deniro, one hundred percent. That was your recommendation. So I, I, I do. That I, I do just, have it
0: here. I do have it, it here. It was, well, was it's Chris's happening again, recommendation. Fucking it's awesome. awesome. That's uh, this is this is Chris's yearly reminder to the listener to watch sleepers.
2: <laughs> Can I tell you why this, this was? Um, this Stand by me makes me think of sleepers. Is because River Phoenix should have been in that movie as one of the younger kids. Yeah. Like, he would have I, been perfect Ma, for yeah, that. I yeah. agree with you. And then, I think every time I watch uh, Stand By Me, I'm like, oh, man. And I'm, how about I'm this? Brad Renfro roll.
0: Yeah, <laughs> and how about this? If next year we do the third which we should the third novella right. in this in the, this different seasons starring Brad Renfro Chris you can use Sleepers as your recommendation yet again oh, it's so so in not, the- not only
2: am I going to use the same actors as my <laughs> recap it. like-
0: <laughs> every Thanksgiving watch Sleepers Joey says something too dark Chris just <laughs> oh, oh shit sorry guys well
2: you know watch Mr. Holland's Opus then I don't yeah. know I don't give a fuck like whatever whatever you want
0: Jaws <laughs> Uh, Okay, so mine is real on the nose here. And it's a movie I just watched last week because I kind of went, I wanted to have a, I wanted to have a, the right kind of recommendation here because I really was a little lost as to, to what to pick for this. So I watched a couple of coming of age type of newer movies. And when I put this one on, I watched it, and it was not a comfortable watch, but afterward, and then watching Stand By Me, I'm like, oh, geez, this connects even more than I thought it would. So it's a, a Bo Burnham written and directed movie. It's called Eighth Grade. Have you guys seen or heard of Eighth Grade?
2: Yeah, I saw it. No, yeah. I haven't. And I am a big Bo Burnham he fan. Does he does the score, too. Th- um, well, you am not. A fan
0: of, I'm not a fan of this. This can't be special. Well, you don't know it. I saw the first twenty minutes of it. And I wasn't feeling. Oh, okay. Good. But I did. I did promise another friend who insisted that I have to watch the whole thing. Our friend, uh, yeah, listener Sean. Yeah, yes. Uh, so I will be giving that another shot. Chris, so you really really you like yeah. eighth grade. Really? Yeah, yeah, it's.
2: I like his sensibilities. Me so. too.
0: You, Chris, you would appreciate it. it like is, I
1: would think that's something you've seen. Okay. No, I didn't even heard of it.
0: Yeah, past. So it is. It's not an easy watch. It's. Really? Um. It's a story about a, a girl who is. You know she's a, she's finishing up her middle school and she's getting ready to head to high school, and she has a single father and it basically just goes through the everyday struggles. Nothing, you know, nothing too grandiose. No, nothing prominent. Yeah, yeah nothing, yeah. nothing exactly. major. Just just living life and dealing with social media. How hard,
2: that's a hard enough. Basically, mm-hmm. yes,
0: and and yes. The, the dad struggles to. Connect with her. Tries to
2: be supportive but can't. Really? And, yeah. That sounds really interesting. Her, her oh, trying you, to get you guys get
0: to like her and, and trying to just meet Anywhere. new friends. And, like yeah she's, she's like a, you feel it. It's yeah, it's yeah. again, it's it's an uncomfortable watch, but it is so real. And the, and we talk about childhood acting performances. Oh god, the the, the lead girl in that is so good the the supporting cast are all great. It's an important movie to watch. I think oh, really? it's an important movie to watch. You just check it out. Again,
2: oh, I mean, honestly, 90 I, minutes.
0: yeah, I, could, yeah. I couldn't really?
2: care less about 90% of your recommendations, but this one I don't, <laughs> No, I, I really it sounds interesting.
0: Yeah, yeah, I mean, listen, as as a father of a of, of a girl, yeah, Chris, I know yeah. you're probably going to Oh, I'm it's already, a hard I'm already
2: to, worried about
0: the future. Yeah, yeah. so I'm sure that that'll be a little tricky, but Um, And just the social media aspect too is a little extra thing to throw in. But but then in watching, yeah, and in watching Stand by Me to see how middle schoolers are dealing with growing up in the fifties versus how someone is to today, I think the two movies really work as fantastic companion pieces.
2: Yeah, because Stand by Me really shows you that, like, you know, we all think of that as the simpler time, and Mm -hmm. yet nothing was simple even then. You know. now it's it's I think it's much more complicated more. but uh nothing was nothing's ever simple. Life is not simple. Yeah, no,
0: it's hard. Yeah. Existing is hard. It is. <laughs> it's just sure. how it is whether you're in 7th grade yeah. or whether you're That's right. you know you're 30 whatever it this is is hard, it's yeah, yeah, you you, you got to get through got to get through the days and it's yeah. it's, uh, it's it's totally Worth watching, you may not enjoy your experience while you're watching it, but I think it's one that when it's over, you'll be like, yeah. Wow, you know, that gave me a lot to think about.
2: Stand so. by Me is good with that. You actually enjoy the ride, even though it's t- tackling tough things. Yes, you're like, It makes you feel good. Then like, yeah. you can watch Raw and feel awful, <laughs> <laughs> We got it, we covered all
0: the we covered all this, like, we, great, we movie. all
2: picked. Movies that make you feel awful as recommendations.
1: <laughs> That's right. But you're feeling so, something, and I think yeah. in social
2: media world, sure. any feeling is a good feeling. W- go. Watch these movies together with our recommendations. So, like, watch watch yeah. our shitty, depressing movies, and, then, and watch- then yeah, watch
0: watch Stand by Me to clear the cache again, yeah. man, yeah. make yourself feel good again. It'll yes. Make you so, feel good. so, so Joey, the- it was your recommendation was raw. raw. Your wife's recommendation was now, now, and, now then. and then. Chris, your recommendation was... Sleepers your year- times two. <laughs> the yeah. yearly Thanksgiving recommendation, <laughs> Sleepers. And mine was <laughs> Bo Burnham's Eighth Grade.
2: I, I, You'd think I may be embarrassed that I recommend the same movie twice, but I am not. I'm psyched about it. It's a fucking awesome movie. So uh, Cool.
0: You know, and I'm- I will say about Eighth Grade, too, the score... I don't love it because it's very over the top synthy which I think is his thing. That's that's his thing. There are moments where it's really really smart and really genius but as a whole I think it's a little over the top. Bo Burnham in Parks and Rex is so good. That's his forever. Really? Is he in that? Yeah. Dude I've never
2: seen
0: And Promising uh, I know. I'm not Promising Young Woman too. He's, He's in Prophecy on Women. Yeah. I
2: know. I've never... I know. I've, I've never seen, seen an episode of Parker,
1: Parks and Rec. It's better
0: than The Office.
2: I Okay. I, I, I've i heard it all before, Joey. I, better, know. I love The It's better than The Office. I don't believe that, but okay.
0: <laughs> well, gentlemen, we got to the end of another one here. Uh, we got to talk about a real fun movie here. It was a, a pleasure. Nice. This is a good time of year to always uh, just say thank you. Thank you to all the listeners. Thank you to all the co-hosts for all the work you guys put in. Joey, Chris... Thank you for joining me today. And uh, and as always, you, Chris, thanks for watching all these crappy movies that you'd otherwise never no, I touched. Love. That's like, what
2: I love. This was, this, was, this was an easy one.
0: But sure. cramming before the rankings is not, is not always... That's <laughs> all right. It's my style. <laughs> That's it's right. That's Season great.
2: three is going to be a tough style. <laughs> Joey,
0: thanks for the pages and pages of notes that you put together and all the printouts you do. I, I love to see people still printing things out. I love to have the paper I love, in my I hands. I love too. physical media. <laughs> That's exactly right. <laughs> Yes, and a thank you to to Grant and Artie and Brendan and Jay and Adam and Melissa who joined us, Catherine and yeah, Zita Short who hopped in and joined us too. Yeah, Zita with Gigi. Great stuff. I've, thanks to Oz and Micola and Danielle who hopped on this year as well. It was great seeing all the, the new people in. Rob Bobcat. We uh, get get thanks out to everyone. Steve B, who's in the mix now too. It's great great stuff. Thanks for everyone who's who's... Listen to the podcast. Whether you're uh, you're local with us around New York and you know us, and and you're listening because you're friends with us, or I mean, we had a listener from from Kenya last week. So it, it's just wow. uh, yeah. Do you hear uh, us talk uh, about all, Canaan? Possibly. Uh, <laughs> um, there's there's people from all over the world, all over the country listening. To this thing, so it's a it's a lot of fun.
2: Yeah, you did not think you did not think Artie right. Uh, I did. You did. Oh, I, did. Damn much, I, I wish you that.
0: did it. it's <laughs> <laughs> <No, we really laughs> that fun. out, Karen. Sure. Yes. Yeah, so, uh, it's, it, it's, this has oh, been a, a fun project for all of us. It's awesome. And it's great. I can't wait next Thanksgiving to either talk about uh, Pupil or Misery or The sleepers. Shire. It's just Thanksgiving. King. It'll be something. Maybe <laughs> Sleepers. Maybe that has to be the next Dude, movie. if we don't
1: do Sleepers next year, I'm going to have a serious problem. <laughs> We're going to watch Sleepers or Chris is going to recommend Sleepers. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's what I did with Sean. Oh, oh, my God. <laughs>
1: I will.
0: Yes. That. I hope everyone out there has a wonderful Thanksgiving and a wonderful holidays moving forward. We got plenty of stuff coming your way. We have a Christmas episode coming up in a couple Whee! weeks that should be fun. We will get back to our, our best pictures and we have a, a big rankings episode coming up at the end of the year. It'll be our last episode of twenty twenty one. We ranked the thirty movies that we covered in season one and season two. That's going to be a lot of fun. That that Season 3 rankings episode, I think, is going to come up around April or so. March 30th, right? Yeah, so you have some time, Chris, to watch some of these movies here. Oh, gotta, no, wait <laughs> it's a gotta last one. you got to do some catch I, Chris,
1: I, I implore you as your friend to not. <laughs>
0: yeah, this is, season three's, season 3's three's got some doozies. Uh, I've heard, I've heard. I've it's heard. a battle of the back-enders. So. Gigi's...
1: I could watch anything. Gigi took me uh, a minute.
0: <laughs> All right, so uh, again, thank you out there. Enjoy the holidays, and we'll catch you next time. And guys, do you ever have better friends than when you're podcasting? I'd say no. I'd say no, too. And we'll have the, the legendary Ben E. King play us out. Thanks.
2: When the night
0: has come and the land is dark.